You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to Axe to Grind, the hardcore podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. And I'm Tom, Earth4792. Oh, you're in the, we're all trapped in this metaverse. Oh, geez, the multi-metaverse. Uh, yo, big thanks and shout out to our sponsors before we get into uh, the multiverse of madness here. Shout out to Run for Cover Records. Shout out to Death Wish Inc. And today's lead stories, we're going to talk about To Live a Lie and Closed Casket Activities. Let's start with To Live a Lie. Give me a good sound. Patrick is doing his best work. Tom, you are still our master of sound work. Um, yeah, I'm trying to give him a little space. Then, I, love, you know. I, I appreciate it. I think it's really I fun. think I eclipsed him right there. I think I'm doing a good Foley act right okay, now. Okay, Tom, at the end, when we do the read, you do a, a To Live a Live sound that'll uh, sink his battleship. Sure. So, um, To Live a Live, been killing it. Big year in 2021. 2022 is starting off with a bang. As the ad says, 2022 is big for blast beats. I like that. Um, we talked about the backslider psychic rot a little bit. He's got the no comply East coast power violence, kind of like discography skate violence from the nineties. People got to check that out. I saw some pictures of the vinyl. It looks awesome. The two big ones to me that I'm super excited about. You've heard me talk about spy. We've talked about them a lot. You heard them a little bit last week. Uh, habitual offender. Vinyl's not out yet. The entire first press sold out in like, I don't know, 36 hours. Second press is coming soon. Pretty sure he's also doing a CD for the CD folks, which is kind of cool. Um, I don't know. For my money, the best fast, fast hardcore band. You could certainly call them fast core, but to me, they're more fast hardcore. They break it down. There's good hard parts the vocals have that kind of scathing element to it um really fuck with it the other one is peace test uh from i guess mass rhode island area i'm pretty sure uh lp called pry i'm pretty excited about this i thought they're seven inch not from last year i time is a flat circle i don't know what it is but the the peace test single that came out at a time before now was awesome and I'm very excited about Pry. So everyone should go to toliveali.com, hit the web store, order that stuff, let them know. Axel Grind sent you. Toliveali.com. Tom? The fire rises. All right. Got it. <laughs> and uh, we're going to head upstate. Patrick, is it snowing in the 518? No, but there is snow on the ground. Mm, how sad. Tom, did it snow today in the city? It did very, very lightly. 
Didn't okay. stick. Well, where it's always snowing, it's closed casket activities. Go to closedcasketactivities.com. Um, guys, first time. We got nothing to say contractually. We can't say nothing. Closed casket activities. Follow them on Instagram. Follow them on social media. Pay attention to closedcasketactivities.com. Tonight, if this is Tuesday when you're hearing this, I know a lot of you hear it the first day. Go check it out midnight. Maybe you get it later, midnight Eastern Standard Time. Go check it out. Troy time. Yeah, he's, yeah Troy time. Uh, he's got a big announcement. It's a big one. And that's it. That's all we can say. Closed casket activities. Give me some noises, guys. Would you just walk up a flight of stairs? No, that was that was uh, the wind. Blo- that was the wind blowing through a haunted house door. <laughs> you have to go to. I think we need to do a whole episode where you guys try to outdo each other's foley sounds. Um, guys, how we doing? How we feeling? How is uh, Sunnyside Queens in the Spider Verse? Well, I'm pretty psyched because they definitely showed my like uh, my corner. In yes, the they did. I I noticed. I was it very, very excited. Much. That's I, cool. I marked out a little bit. I also am very excited. I just got an email about a record I owed. I ordered on February 20th, February 13th, 2021. My order has shipped. So <laughs> shout out on that. Yeah, yeah, happy for you. It's yeah. So I mean, I'll get it. It'll take have taken a year, and this is like before Adele. This is pre Adele. Mm. That's how we're measuring time now, pre-Adele and post-Adele. Yeah, so I'm very excited about my uh, my record finally showing up. So since the last time we recorded, I'm pretty sure that, Tom, you have seen the new Spider-Man movie, and I have also seen the new Spider-Man No Way Home movie. Out of 10 stars, Tom, what do you give it? Um, I would go 6.57. Okay. All right. I don't think... I think that's about fair. I, I'm going to... I am giving it a 7.25. Okay. It gets oh, that that's bump. not that much. Okay. You know why it gets that bump? I was watching it with an eight-year-old. Sure, sure. So an eight-year-old watching it with you who is jammed up. Uh, I believe he said it might be the best movie ever. Wow. Uh-huh. Pretty excited. Um, he hasn't seen Spider-Man 2 starring Tobey Maguire. So. Um, but uh, it was good. There's there, Were there weak points? Sure. Are there things that could long. You know, two and a half hours, and like it wasn't all. I, I don't know. No, no, you're not wrong. It's it's. Should we go into we it? Said that. Yeah, let's go into it. We maybe <laughs> the, the, the hardcore podcast. Yeah. Shout out to Liam. Well, you guys always talk about comic books, and no, I can. Listen, I'm not mad. We can talk about this for for a minute. But I can finally say something. I'm yeah. in. All right. So here's my thought. Just based on that, and Tom, then I want you to lead us. I thought that <clears throat> the movie both was long, and the parts I wanted more of. I got less of, and then there was a lot of parts where I'm like, wait, where did that 15 minutes go? I could see that. All right. And here's my hottest take. Mm. Hit me. The villain sucked. Mm. The walls were terrible. I don't know, like, if this is my own thing, because I don't know, like, enough about the history, but, like, I I hand waving Jamie Foxx, and I'm hand waving the fucking Sandman out of here. The lizard sucked. Yep. Octavius is awesome, and yes. Green Goblin was awesome. Here's the thing: the they provided motivation for Green Goblin, who would be dead if he went back. For uh, Doc Octavius, Ock, who be, yes, who would be dead if he went back. 
uh, and Electro wanted to say and Electro, because he yep. was, Cause he, he, cause he was, he was awesome. fine ass Jamie Fox, you know, and he yeah. wasn't blue like the last time because he refused to be the mm-hmm. blue guy anymore. No more, no more comb over, as they say. Yeah, and but that leaves two villains who are left entirely without a motivation, and there was a ton of people whose brains could go to could turn off and say, yeah, they would still behave like villains. I was sitting there going, we couldn't just give them a sentence or two that would justify that. Right. Right. Why, why was Sandman a good guy at helping Spidey? And then he wasn't. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, I was big mad. You at- had to have the context from the original movies to know there was this kind of polarity between Green Goblin and Norman Osborn. And even that is poorly painted in this movie. Like, yep. you have to know it, and then you have to consciously go, oh, yes, that's right. The Green Goblin is one persona, and Norman Osborn is another, and there's this battle. And if you don't inherently understand that, you're left going, wait, what's going on? Oh, is he schizophrenic? I don't know. It's not painted. Like, whatever. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I like that they went into Peter Pan Donuts in Manhattan Avenue in Greenpoint. I was pretty stoked on that. That's where that she worked. Highlight, highlight. Um, yeah, they were on Queens Boulevard, like right up the street from my house. So I was very excited about that. I have to go. I don't know if that deli is actually there, the Del Mar Deli, but I'll have to go look. Mm, please um, do. But I thought the villains were pretty bad. I think that was like my that was my biggest take. I thought, you know, you know we're not going to spoil anything. But I thought the other stuff was cool. Yeah. Yo, so here's the thing. Because this is in all the ads, basically. So there's Sandman, Electro, the Lizard, Doc Ock, Green Goblin. Yo, it's the Sinister Six. Why didn't they get the one other dude? Who's the other one? You could. They've done. There's various iterations. They've done Vulture. Vulture. They've done Mysterio. You could have done. Uh, who are all existed in these movies already. Correct. And and Vulture's not dead. You could have pulled him in. Um, well, because he's in what might be the worst movie I'm never going to see. Mm. Morbius. That's right. <laughs> that looks like that looks like you ever see that um, I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that by Meatloaf, the video. <laughs> of course. That's what it looks like. Man, yeah, I'd rather does. watch that video. A lo- like, I'd rather watch Any that video. The, yeah, I'd rather watch that video in s- – on a loop for the length of the Morbius film than watch. I would rather see Lady Gaga say father, son, house of Gucci, like 75 times. I I would rather have somebody talk to me about how meatloaf only sang the songs. And there was Jim Steinman wrote him. Yes. I would rather have somebody talk to me about that for the entire duration of the movie. (laughs) But like in your ear, like whispering to you the entire time. A hundred (laughs) percent. But um, I was a little disappointed. I, I went this afternoon. I was excited about mm-hmm. it. I watched the last few just to kind of be all make sure I was all mm-hmm. caught up. And some of it was like, this is awesome. And some yes. of it was like, fuck, this is like, they could have cut like 20 minutes from it and it would have been really fucking great. Yeah, and I you feel know, like I don't the fights at the end had no real kind of, there's no juice. No. And, and w- I would be giving away too much if I said that there was the, the like the one dramatic moment at the end that yeah. is then completely undermined. Yes. Ten, like literally 10 seconds later, it was brutal. I, In I was a weird, like, like, like <laughs> yeah. Well, how about that? It happens In all film. the time. In yeah, film. Really fucking weak. Anyway, um, 
Yeah. But anyways, most it, of our listeners are going to enjoy it far more than we just detailed. And and here's the thing. Uh, I mean, it was fun. It was so fun. You know what? I think, and I think this happens, Tom, and this can pivot us into other things. My dear friend Andy paid me a great compliment before because he just got um, just got uh, the video game uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is to me, uh, it's like a phenomenal. It's a really, really fun video game. And is I've that talked the current to, era? Yeah, yeah. It's within like I think it was about it's five years old at this point, but it's it's current. It's good. Anyways, he's he's really enjoying it now, and he's like, "Oh my god, this is great!" And I, I've talked to him about it before, but I was like, "Yeah, you know what? I I, I have." downplayed my enjoyment and love and admiration for this game because i didn't want to oversell it and uh and he said something he's like oh yeah you're you you hate an oversell and i was like i do hate an oversell and i think there was a little bit of overselling on the newest spider-man movie which would because everybody's saying oh it's great you're seeing the box office numbers everybody's and yo if you go in looking for it just to be you know (laughs) a pretty good movie in the uh what is this the eighth movie eighth spider-man movie we've had in the past 20 years you'd probably be like well it's pretty good you know right, <laughs> um, right. but if everybody's saying oh maybe the best movie in however long yeah you go in and you're like i don't know about all that so um so be careful of the oversell. Don't oversell things because you can prevent someone from maybe enjoying it a little more. Right. And if your friends are contrarian like Pat. Mm. Mm. In the, you know what, Tom? You're the contrarian this time. <laughs> I still went. I didn't go like billion dollar box office. Fuck that. I'm not going. <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. Um, it's uh, this week. Uh, so last week we had done the end of 2021 hyped let's let's talk about 2022 and decompress and chat about this that and the other um and keep it pretty light because I'm, I'm currently recording in a closet uh normally i record in an office and today i'm recording in a closet so all right less room to lounge um what are you guys excited about for this year end of the world <laughs> mm. What am I excited about for this year? I, I mean, on the personal level, uh, I'll be going to Australia and reuniting with my girl. That's really nice. Really uh, nice. Uh, been looking forward to that, as you might imagine, for a very long time. Mm. Uh, we're like a, a World War One couple at this point, uh, separated for a long ass time. That's <laughs> gonna come back. You're like, you're gonna tell us about it, and he's like. No, no, I don't think I will. (laughs) (laughs) Good reference. Thank Um, you very much. Good night. He is. uh, So, so the length of time that's been since you last saw your significant other, a child could have been born, learned to walk and talk. Yep. So it was like the blip. You pretty much have been dating for the guys blipped, right? Yes. Uh, And so I'm excited about that, obviously. Um, I am supposed to be doing a lot of touring. We'll see if we get uh, our, mm. I don't know what, probably like eighth variant uh, by then. But mm. uh, I'm supposed to be doing a lot of touring, uh, six weeks. Uh, I can say, like, I don't think I'm talking out of turn, that uh, the band is solvent in such a way that going out for that length of time like makes sense even for me as an adult, which is really nice. Because mm. a thing that we've talked about a great deal here is, but maybe not 
I don't know. You you guys could tell me if I'm like a whiny bitch about it or not. Uh, you know, being being in a band is not a cost effective. Uh, uh, it's not. There's not great ROI. <laughs> it's so like no. Uh, so uh, you know, it's 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 nice that uh, a thing that typically is kind of like wounding to my bottom line, and you know, as I get older, it's uh, you know, you you, you might want to start preparing to not uh, die on a park bench. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's nice that that makes a little bit more sense, uh, these days. So that's pretty exciting. Um, I wish I could get that's, excited. Uh, that's rich. That's what, that's what he's trying to tell you guys in a, in a <laughs> very like self-effacing way, but he's not like, remotely, but I'm rich, man. <laughs> he's doing the Chappelle. I'm rich. I'm rich man. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Nah, still, you know, I'm going to go back by a, by a truckload of Marlboros. <laughs> you know, See, that's I, one of the dudes that eat with his money he bought cigarettes um here's i'm also excited in principle for, for the tours that i'm not aware of however europe is still being treated like a dice roll by correct booking, by booking agents and Correct. you know my like my booking agents tell me that they believe i mean they these are the ones that handle the U S so their interest in, in Europe is, uh, Hey, would you not go there if we could get you better tour here? You know, like that. So it's, 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 take it, take it in stride or take it with a grain of salt. But the, uh, they're, they're relatively confident that Europe will open up. But I think that it, I still maintain that what I said on an earlier podcast, which is that it, it will, but it will feel very rushed. Um, that might be still fun. I mean, I'm sure it will be, but, uh, there's that, uh, I'd like to get to, to Asia, uh, this calendar year. Uh, Mm. if you're listening in, in Asia, get at us. Um, Asia is a big place. So whatever that applies to a lot of people. (laughs) Um, and we'd like to come to like North America. If you're listening in North America, if you go to Russia, can I come? I don't see why not. Let's make that happen. I, I, I'd like to go. We're, we year. might we might need a a, a tall, intimidating man. I it seems like a place where I feel I like mean, we'd fit in well in Russia in a weird way. I don't think I would because I don't I don't smoke, I don't drink, and I'm not like oh shit. You guys want to hear like an aggressive one today? Sure. I went to the YMCA. I was, I was in silent the, through that. That was great. Yeah, I, I went to the YMCA. I exercised and then I sat in the hot tub. I get in the hot tub, whatever they call them, when it's like a big spa, like whatever yeah. the fuck. Yeah. I, I sit in the hot tub and and the guy looks at me and he goes, "Feels good, right?" And I go, "Yep." And he goes, "I just had eighteen grandchildren over at my space. Uh, I needed this." And I go, "I go, yeah." And he goes, and he's obviously trying to get conversation. So I go, "Of course." Eight. I go, eighteen grandchildren. I go, that means how many kids? And he goes, seven. And I go, oh, "You're competing with my father." Blah blah. And we're talking, mm-hmm. and. Uh, then he gets into it and it's just such a nice, like, Oh, I'm talking to a man who wants to talk mm-hmm. and is, has no filter. I yep. should mention that he's got, uh, his hands are palsied in some sort of way that I can't, uh, it, it seems like maybe sure. he had a stroke. Um, but he, uh, he, he <laughs> we get into his children Mm-hmm. Two of whom are drug addicts mm. and uh, or recovering drug addicts. Well, and with he, those numbers, you know. Yeah, that, exactly. And he made them sleep in the pig barn 
when they were on mm-hmm. drugs. I was like, oh, so you're like kind of like a tough love guy. He's like, my kid was away for a 10 year stretch in Danamora and uh, I did not call him or send him commissary once. He got letters. <laughs> he goes, you might call me tough love. And I said, holy shit. It's like, that's very tough love. Uh, and uh, he got into uh, a thing that I wasn't aware of, which is uh, mm. uh, when his wife cheated on him for the third time, he, mm. he left He left her, took, this, took the seven kids uh, and uh, took two years off to get to know himself because uh, he got together with her when he was 16. Mm. Uh, and uh, we, Let's quick pause this story. Yeah. This is a fascinating life and a fascinating human. Gets together with a partner at 16, proceeds to have not one, not two, not three, not four, seven children. Yep. She cheats on him thrice. Yep. Uh, and and I, then he takes two years. How does this man, we need his life secrets because he was able to take seven children and take two years off. All these numbers don't add up, but I'm amazed in like pure wonderment. Uh, bought a farm off of uh, 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 Mennonites for mm. pennies because it, uh, no electricity to it. He had to do all that bullshit himself. Mm. Anyway, uh, and you know he he didn't give his kids anything after eighteen. He said you can raise the pigs, and anything you make off the pigs is yours. Put it towards your college education or starve. I don't care. <laughs> and he uh, he says that his daughters turned out great, uh, all self-sufficient, don't need no man sort of shit. Uh, the sons, uh, you know, recovering drug addicts, had their problems, whatever. Uh, but he gets on uh, partners – or pardon me, parents without partners after mm. two years, mm. meets up, and he's like, it was a feeding frenzy. He's like, I was like meat being dipped into a, a shark tank. The women couldn't stop – and he, <laughs> he he gets together with a leggy blonde with five children. They combine their families for four years. I said, just four years? It ended bad? He goes, no. It, it Honestly, like she was a blessing to my life. I, I appreciate her. Uh, he's like, the best moment. He goes, and he's he's like crude. He's being very crude. I have to re- no, I have- you're not, you don't say. I have to redirect him a few times because we're not we're it's getting company, off track. Company, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, so uh, he says, uh, you know, the biggest thrill was taking her around my ex-wife who would she was at that time. She weighed as much as her father and, and was raising pigs and she was covered in pig shit walking out of a field. And she sees my new girlfriend who looks like a, a Swedish beer model, like in Daisy Dukes. And just the look on her face made everything worth it. <laughs> I, said, it's, I said, it's pretty petty. He goes, well, I'm not dead. You know, he goes, he goes I have to have my fun. <laughs> Tom, Tom, does this conversation get us in trouble? Um, I don't I think mean, so. Pat's with who? Are we trending the lion? Yeah. He, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, with who? I, I feel like Pat's seeing, is, is going through like, like a Christmas carol. And that's like him. He's seeing his future self. No, I don't have this man. This man had a big, big wart on his eye. Uh, hey, man, well, you, you got to get to work. Happen. You got to get to work. Seven, seven kids. No, I don't think I'll be having seven kids. But at any rate, the fact of the matter is, 
I had one of those like bus stop conversations with a man. Of course. Uh, that wasn't torture because every layer of it just got more and more aggressive where it was, well, that's amazing. Where, where it was like, yeah, I told my kid when he got hepatitis, I said, you sleep with the pigs. Now you're not my son. You may be my, and pardon me, everybody. He goes, your mother must've been fucking my idiot brother because you're not my son. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> I love that. This is from, you don't think you'd do well in Russia. So, yeah, um, so we, we go in different directions. If you want, yeah. uh, have you not Patrick, been able to talk to, to Eric? Is that why we're having this here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's get the Eric Wilson update before we actually talk about hardcore. Uh, doing well. He had COVID. Uh, I thought he was stuck in his uh, mother's basement. Uh, in fact, he was stuck in the attic. Uh, mm. and thank you for clarifying. He, uh, yeah, I was wondering, I was really worried. I was worried. <laughs> He was not I was, allowed. I was waiting for. I wanted to make sure his airflow was okay. He was. He was not allowed near his family for COVID. Also, proving. Uh, I had heard this, but apparently, this is uh, Eric can prove this. If you want your monoclonal antibodies, mm. you you have to be in an emergency case now. It it was the case that you could go into the hospital and say, "Hey, I'm I have COVID and I need treatment. I'm feeling unwell." I'd you know, like mm. here's my insurance. I'd like monoclonal antibodies, but I guess there must've been a run on them because they denied him. And then I heard a few days later that you need to be an emergency case. Um, mm. but he is fine. He, uh, is COVID free and saw the matrix. How much do I put him on front street right now? Let's oh, uh, well, uh, don't get him in trouble if it's like, uh, no, I'm not going to get him in trouble. He, he posted yesterday that he was eating two slices of little Caesar's pizza. Quote unquote <laughs> has made me feel more sick than at any point of my COVID infection. Me. Oh man, that's your worst decision in years. It's heinous. Me literally would lick pavement before eating little Caesar's again. The slices and sticks are not half bad, but my stomach is not happy. Bro. So Come get your man. No more little Caesars for for our bro. Okay, don't let him. So hold on. I, I'm going to defend little Caesars in in one respect. Rather lick, lick pavement, bro. Way <laughs> way rather. The idea of a drink hot a cup of that uh, uh, sauna water that you were in. There we go. The idea of a hot and ready is the funniest thing in the fucking world to me. There's nothing trashier. The only thing trashier would be bringing your family to CC's. It's fucking disgusting. <laughs> so with that in mind, I think that Little Caesars is actually a great gag. Like it's very fun. Like if somebody said, I want a hot and ready, I would think that they were like spiraling and really in a bad place. <laughs> and there's something funny about that. Tom is the local New York resident. Yeah. Can you give Eric any any pass can I for shoot being, him some bail? Yeah, can, for being in New York City and eating some Little Caesars. Like, what the F? I can. Okay. Oh, wow. Every once in a while, you just want a shitty piece of pizza. Okay. So I wouldn't necessarily, Little Caesars really not my go-to, but like, have I indulged, I live in Sunnyside, Queens, and have I indulged in a Papa John slice? I have. 
Wow. Okay, yo, hold on. Yo, Papa Bob. John's is a totally different level than Little Caesars. Like, okay, so this is where yeah, I was going to go. No question. You would do Papa John's over Little Caesars. It's not even close. This, yeah, not sweaty Papa John's. This was years ago, but yeah. <laughs> Papa John's. <you> know, <laughs> not 35 pizzas in 30 days, Papa John's. All right, so ready? Here's, here, since it's been a long time since you've been able to indulge, PK. The 2021 power rankings, by according to me, and I haven't indulged in many of these in a few years, but the last time I try, I once a year I do some bad pizza. I try um, Papa John's, Pizza Hut, Domino's, from best to worst. Yeah, best to worst. Papa okay. John's, Pizza Hut. That's like a one, two, big breath, Domino's. Sure. Really, like a exaggerated sigh. Little Caesars. Wow. And did, wait, did we say Sbarro? Is Sbarro in there? Sbarro's or is above. Uh, Sbarro's probably, if you're really asking me, I probably would put Sbarro, like, Sbarro doesn't deliver, but if I have, Sbarro's probably above Papa John's if you're just grabbing a slice. Interesting. It's bad, but it's like, Sbarro's, hey, ha- good. Yeah, Sbarro's halfway between real pizza and Taco Bell pizza. You know what I mean? Taco Bell is to Mexican food as Pizza Hut is to pizza. You know, so like ain't nobody going to Taco Bell and going, ah, oh, grabbing grabbing some Mexican food. Need anything? You're getting no. Nah, but the, you know? there's a lot of our listeners who are like, Taco Bell is like a treat, and I I hey, I'm not I'm not mad at them. I just I don't want to alien. There's too many of them. I can't go. No, 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 no. Look, look, look. Uh, on on the podcast I do with Pete called Tracks, it's In Search of Tracks podcast. We talk about secret snacks. And you got to get secret snacks sometimes. Sometimes the secret snacks Taco Bell. You got to go tell nobody about it. Just go get your Taco Bell and go home. Don't tell nobody. It's all good. Right. Eat it in the car like you're on a stakeout. That's why, Mr. Wilson, yo, eat your bad little Caesars, have a little tummy ache, and keep it moving. Don't tell nobody. You don't got to blast your shit. I'm sad for you now. Right. I mean, you're going to get diarrhea. So Oh, maybe. I'm not even going to put it out there. All right. Yo, let's cool. talk hardcore. Um, let's do it. Guys, are there going to be shows in 2022? Yes. Yeah. Is there even going to be a little hiccup right now? Yes. Think so? Yes. PK, Big hiccup absolutely. right now. Yeah. Big hiccup right now. I th- I'm I think saying I- March or April, things will be back. Ah, fuck. Okay. So how it was I'm this God summer. Willing. I, I mm. see. Uh, I hope you can come back. That's my biggest worry. I think the next two months are going to be a total fucking mess. Yep, you're going to see people. uh, And I think people are going to cape up mm, and try to be like, you know, I cancel mine first. Oh, yeah. There's going to be. Do we have any time or energy for that shit anymore? Can we just like, like, look, we all got to do what we got to do. Nobody needs to. I mean, you know, there's a happy medium. There's someone, there's people out there that'll be like, I'm going to cancel it no matter what. Right. And I respect. And there's some people that are like. I don't give a shit if I'm playing in front of 10,000 COVID people, COVID patients. I'm playing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's probably somewhere in between. But I would imagine like January stuff is going to be a little rough. Yeah. Um, things are going to go on. Probably, maybe not always the best idea. Yeah. But, you know, like, well, you know, the, the, the tricky part of this conversation, Tom, is, is like the brass tacks that we can't get into too much uh, because we'll just get lost. It, but, the the omicron if it's not if it's not killing anybody and it seems like a large number of scientists agree that it would be beneficial for people to get this variant i don't know if anyone's it, really saying that it it feels like 
this is not the worst. Like, I, I don't know if the, I don't know if any of the panic is justified because I was waiting for them to reveal something like something that we didn't know. Right. Cause when the world started shutting down over something that had no recorded deaths, mm. I'm talking about Omicron for people at home. The, the, uh, I was like, Oh, there's gotta be something that we don't know. There must be, but all the data says, no, like it's exactly as, as you hear well, people that, are getting vaccinated and stuff, but you don't know that's here. Well, you don't, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't No scientists is, of, of their worth is going, you should go out and catch this and just get it over with because there's no way there's, there's no way that's a legitimate way to tell people to, to act. Well, you can be like, you'll get it. You, you, you may not be in deep shit, but like you tell someone to go out and get it and they end up dying and then you're going to get sued. So why well, would no, sure. But, the, but there's a number of scientists that are saying that this is best case scenario because right now. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, yeah of course. It, but it, it could, you could still die from it. Yes. Just like you die from any of the other. Yes. Although, although your odds on this one are, are so long that if you were, if you were betting, and obviously what what science says uh, about viruses is that they tend to uh, kind of plateau and and yeah. uh, and they're gonna it's unlikely that they'd be significantly more dangerous because our bodies have been exposed to them but it, in terms of accumulating uh, antibodies and having some type of immunity to this it it seems like this would be the one to take a run at just in case the next right. variant is like just a notch up from this or just a little right. bit more dangerous. So, be a notch down. Yeah. so, so yeah, Tom, you're right. The responsible thing on this podcast would not be to urge people to like, dude, go, go out and let someone cough in your mouth. Like that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so, so that would be the responsible <laughs> you, thing to do. Th- that said, uh, this is the least, yeah, this is the least powerful version so far. Sure. Right. And, and we might get weaker and weaker still, but we might, I, I, doubtlessly we'll also get the occasional uptick in, in uh, uh, um, morbidity and whatever. But the, but the, uh, I guess what I'm saying is I, I don't know if this variant will be the one that kind of like breaks the conversation in a different direction. Well, it seems it is because even the CDC was like, ah, they're cutting their, their um, times down in in half. I think that, I think that's literally, uh, you want to hear conspiracy. I think that has to do with the NFL. But mm. carry I mean, you might not be wrong, or in a, or the NBA, or whatever, because everyone's getting it. And yeah. but them, it's. I mean, they pretty much even said the quiet part out loud. They're like, these businesses might not last if we don't just get back to work. And I'm like, yeah. okay, yep, <laughs> cool, <laughs> fuck us then. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even like you know, it's very dangerous for fucking you know, children or the elderly. It's kind of like, yeah, if we don't get back to work, man, no one's gonna be you know like these jo- these airlines are gonna have pro- tro- like problems. Yeah, cool. it's, it's uh, we're not doing another round of uh, uh, PPE loans or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I mean, because well, that was all a fucking scam anyway. Yo, most we, of the people that got them were full of fucking shit. Uh, so, Tom, let's talk about that real quick. Uh, you've got you've got the scammers on the most basic level, the people who who applied for loans who then right these uh, fucking giant church motherfuckers and all those other shit. Yep. Uh, yeah, or even on the most like straight up okay this is this is an appropriate loan but then it was used to fire staff as soon as as soon as they could so there was there was a lot of extending people's employment as a scam to get the people (laughs) and then they're like well now that's a now that's profit right exactly precisely so uh, capitalism is pretty much i mean capitalism needs to end that's pretty much uh, so there was so there was that and then 
uh, as it turns out, a billion dollars of actual theft took place. So th- there's uh, there's a ton of uh, and for when anybody hears me like go on my little uh, k- kind of like faux libertarian uh, the state is uh, just a sieve of of uh, wasted money sort of thing, uh, COVID is going to prove to be one of the craziest examples of that because <laughs> everything was everything was rushed. Uh, there's not a great uh, accounting at the moment, although they are chasing down the actual theft cases. The fraud cases might, some people are going to get away with that for sure. Uh, the theft cases they're chasing down, uh, but it's, it's a mess out here. And, uh, I don't see them doing that again. So yes, I, uh, when they say, Hey, everybody get back to work, uh, because, yeah. <laughs> and take it and how does this impact hardcore pk uh i think venues venues yeah listen if venues aren't getting another loan they need to do the shows or they will close and and, get, most of them they get loans of first fucking time yeah that's true uh, and a number of them were bought up by very large companies which you can feel any which way you want about i have to do business uh with live nation all the time uh not personally but my bands so i can't be a hypocrite and and like if i really felt like they weren't like like if i felt that they were evil and avoidable i would i would you wouldn't hear me say yeah come to this show so Mm. obviously i'm not going to hypocrite out on that but there is plenty reason to to insist upon alternatives and if you want those alternatives to stay in business it's going to be it's going to be tough if there's nothing coming up. So very true. So I think that when we're talking about the local spot that hasn't become a Live Nation affiliate that you've had a great time at has shaped memories for you, uh, you know that they'll do your show for fucking three hundred bucks or less, and it's just a cool vibe that you know that you're not going to have to deal with the bullshit. Well, it fu- talk to people in other scenes, man. It fucking sucks when you have no venues. And we've talked about it on this podcast a number of times. When there's no venues, there's still venues. You can find something, but that doesn't mean it's going to be lit. And it's going to be a time of struggle in your scene where things kind of suck and everybody's just going to the shit venue, hoping for the next venue to open. So uh, that that's going to happen to a lot of places if we don't. Uh, now I'm not saying that this is a good reason to open the fucking United States. If people are dying in mass, I'm just telling the facts of the case, which is that if we don't, if we close down again, small businesses are going to suffer. Sure. And and, and that's going to be places like venues that we enjoy. I mean, they're going to suffer anyway, because people aren't going. Well, so that's an interesting topic that we can talk about a little bit, which is, It's, I was talking to booking agents and I'm also weighing my two experiences, the thrice tour, which self-defense did, which had an older crowd and, uh, the, the, uh, citizen tour, uh, that drug church did that had a younger crowd and there, there was drop off. Certainly, uh, I, I think it's drop is what they call it. When people don't show up despite having tickets, right. We've talked about that phenomenon and, but it's, it was far greater for thrice because their crowd is older, has children, and, and they didn't want to risk it. So those those shows were well sold, but some of them felt thinner than they needed to be because literally 30% at some shows w- were drop. Paid for the ticket, you know what I mean? but didn't yep. show up. Uh, 
And then the Citizen Tour had a younger crowd. Uh, drop was much less severe. And, and people were feeling better around that time too. Yeah, you, you're right. There was there was a little bit more safety in the air, although towards the end of it, it, it was like – Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what do I think is moving forward? I think there's going to be a panic for the next month, right? People aren't going to know what's kosher. And I don't mean what's kosher for their health. I think that I think that there's going to be a lot of people that feel the social pressure, right? Or both, you know, whatever. And so things are going to be a mess for a month. Uh, then just as you'd imagine with the Tompkins uh, thing followed by the turnstile thing, and then suddenly the ball is fully in motion, we're going to get that again, mm-hmm. where somebody does the show that gets all the heat, people are mad, and then the next show is, oh, but this is lit. And then the next, and then there's 500 shows, yep. and things will, be in, things will be in motion again. That's just what's going to happen. Um, how does this impact bands? Well, some bands are going to be canceling their January tour entirely. And that sucks for them. Um, I've had a little yes. bit of experience at this and, and I can say it fucking sucks. Um, February yeah, Broken Vow just announced that they had to cancel theirs. Say it again. Who did broken vow? Oh, broken yep. vow Thursday. I saw, um, yeah, I mean, I know Thursday. I mean, not, not, I mean, not that broken da- vow doesn't count, but like those Thursday shows, it was like their big, like holiday, like them in Jersey, fucking 3000 people show. Yep. yep. You know, so it's like, Oh, all right. Like, you know, that 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 Christmas show or New Year's Eve show hits a little less hard when it's, you know, April 5th. Yes. Yes. Uh, so you know. uh, I, I think that bands in February are going to totally not know what to do. They're going to be under a lot of pressure to cancel. Um, and many of them will. Uh, but what that does for people. OK, so for people at home that kind of don't know the insides of being a touring band. Uh, when you're a super new band or you have no audience or whatever, you can put a, a tour together in a month because you're playing, you're, you're playing shitholes. It's all favors. There's no money at stake. Uh, and there's something beautiful about that. I've done it many, many times in my life, but w- once you are kind of a, a, a thing, a touring act. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. these decisions are made six months out, sometimes a year out. Right. And as we've talked about the holds on these venues and sorry for everybody that's, uh, has no knowledge of booking stuff. That's a claim to a date at a venue. Uh, the holds on these venues, everybody is reporting are absolutely insane. Right. Right. Like, Cause there's only so many places. Also, right. uh, oh, so, oh, so many f- you know, 500 capacity places in a certain town or whatever. Yes. And everybody wants it. Yeah. But if you're Correct. a band that does 75 people, you'll probably find a record store to play or, or places Precisely. that. Yeah. Precisely. The, the, this moment is, uh, you know, if you are a young touring act, <clears throat> you may not want to go out because a, you might have COVID anxieties, of course. And also th- there's going to be a social pressure to not yep. be that band. But the bands that are mid mid card and larger are really in a spot. 
<laughs> because to the bands that missed out that are going to miss out on their January and February tours, it might be the case that they don't get to line anything else up until late summer. Does that ring true to you fellas? hundred percent or spring at best. Yeah, so it's, right, but then it's all compacted into like, then the 500 cap band will settle for a 300 cap venue just to get the fuck out there. Yes. Yep. And then kind of, and it, that's actually, but, you, but, but Tom, that's best case scenario. The worst case scenario right. is 300 cap band settling for an 800 cap where it yes. looks bad. It feels bad. The money doesn't really make sense. It, it, there's, there's, right. a lot. you don't think it com- it consolidates a little bit so that like they, the 800 cap is being filled by a usual, like a 1500 ticket seller. And That's happening. Just, like, happy to be out there. That's happening for sure. But like, I don't think like, you, do you think occasionally well, I mean, I the smaller show, it just depends on where the holds are and where yeah. the backups are. And yeah. because it's like, Hey, if we got nothing, yeah, I guess we can do that. Like, yeah, I was going to say, do you think the facilities will just be like, fuck it. I'll Desper- just, desperation I'll is, it is desperation is three, 3 AM at the bar. You know what I mean? It's like you look around and sometimes it's, Okay, and sometimes it's oh, okay, sure, you know. So. Well, I, I'm going to say that I, I mentioned on our Patreon, uh, Little Rock and Chattanooga, t- two off day shows for Drug Church. We absolutely did like great shows, had a great time, and made a great amount of money. And those hundred cap rooms are fucking awesome. And when they're filled, there's like so much potential there for like. You know, and I get it now, like, like no names, but in our chat, we've observed that there is <clears throat> uh, a larger hardcore act who's been doing really kind of off brand or off mar- uh, like uh, brand X venues mm-hmm. lately that they don't need to do typically. Yep. And we, we had our guesses why that might be. And, uh, but the other reason is. Yo, know, if you fill those rooms, it's it's it it works. It can still work. Um, I think that maybe there's, uh, but I think in the major markets, there's so much competition for the for the established rooms that t- Tom just just as Bob said, it can be a mess going either way. It can be a band that that is too small to be in there, or it can be a band that's too big to be in there. Yep. And they'll just take the, the venue will take the chance just to have just to keep the lights, the lights on. on. Yeah, get, yeah. No, because no, you're no, black, po- no block dates, you know. Yeah, because your break-even point, like, you can't have a band that only does fifty tickets in there because then you can't pay your. You, you like, can't pay to open. Yeah, they know how much it costs to open up the that's doors. Right, right, exactly. So, but if you say, "Hey, eight hundred cap," we know this is going to get us around a hundred to f- hundred and fifty, and it's a drinking crowd on a Tuesday night. Take the risk. Fine. Let's see how this goes. So, that is such a bummer. Oh, such a bummer. Yes. For the band itself. It's like, Jesus Every, Christ. You can't, there's not enough hoops you can jump through to make an 800 cap room look good if there's 100 people in there. No, and and everybody to, to the young bands that are picking up steam and everything, your booking agent is going to say things like, it's scalable. It's scalable. You know, they've got the, <laughs> they, they, don't believe it. Means they, they close up the fucking upstairs. Yeah, don't they move some tables them. around. Don't, when somebody says it's scalable, Look at them and say, uh, "Yeah, that's cool. Can we just play the venue we know we can fill?" Say that. Right. Don't fall. Don't booking agent tricks. <laughs> don't fall for them. <laughs> Good one, um, Tom. Pivoting a little bit, but like, yes. so we talked about the venues. What are other ways Wave Forty Five impacts hardcore? Like, do we 
like just so we know, everybody, we can talk about the record production, all that. We'll, let's talk about that momentarily. This is causing some questions about bands making decisions on going on tour. What does that do? Like, wh- where do you, where does that put it for you? I mean, I think it sucks for the bands because it's kind of like you know, you know, there's certain bands that don't have a ton of time. They don't like they they move heaven and earth to to be able to do that fucking one weekend or that one trip to Europe or whatever. Yep. And shit gets moved, and they're like, oh yeah, no, no, like. I got a wedding that weekend. Oh no, I got the like then it fucks up like, you know, not everyone is able to kind of be flexible. No, that's a great point actually sucks. is uh we talk like so if we have any kind of pro core leaning then uh let's address it right now. To the there's a ton of bands that that they might love what they do in hardcore they they're they haven't chosen to be career acts they, they, they and that's the majority of the bands that we enjoy and talk about and love so yeah we don't talk about this enough those bands might really honestly only get a christmas vacation from their jobs mm-hmm. from their teaching gigs or whatever to do the shows and there was people that were really looking forward to those shows and those are now cashed out. And now we're going to have to wait until, you know, some time in summer or, wh- or whatever it is. So there's that knockdown, uh, knockdown, uh, effect as well. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's tough for, you know, it's tough for everybody for like the touring bands where it's like, this is my income. Yep. It fucking sucks. But for the bands, you know, for all, think of all the bands that we know that aren't full-time road dogs. But like you know, you gotta you gotta negotiate with your partners. Who's the, sure. there's children involved. There's jobs. It's not like fuck it. You know, I'm I'm just out there. No, I mean, I you know, what I mean, God forbid, Pat's core you know? gets moved from you know March to you know beginning of March to the middle of April. Mm-hmm. Grand scheme of things, his his team can do it. Yep. But you know, all right. So Mind Force is going to play Eberfest. Yep, their first only European show. Nuts. And what happens if that gets moved for two months? Yep. Who knows that that? I'm not saying that they can't. I'm not. No, no. But it, like, but you're totally right. Like, or there's good example. Dude, like, yeah. There's kids and there's this job. There's full time jobs. Is like, you know, this is not. This all happened for a lot of bands at a time that was almost like. I don't want to say too late, mm. but like they were older. You know, that's such an interesting thought too. It's like. Um, Look, this ties in a little bit, right, um, in a larger scale and to pivot off COVID. But, like, the way these things work, if everyone is 22 years old, it sucks. It sucks. It doesn't make it any more fun, and it's a different kind of pain. It's a different kind of thing. The way things are moving now, there's bands who, like, yo, they're, they got real-life responsibilities, so making the time for the band is a priority. It's important. It's all those good things. However, you flip a domino and all of a sudden the whole game's changed. You know what I mean? Like, hey. Right. It's very like precariously perched. Yeah. Right. Like, so, so Mindforce, good example. They were supposed to go do their first and only European show in Italy. In Italy, like two years ago. Yeah. Gets canceled. Who knows what goes on? They were all amped on that. Yo, I'm sure they're amped as hell about doing Eperfest. Making me want to go over there. It seems cool as hell. That yeah, said, exactly. that said, yo, same thing. If something hits the domino, 
uh, I know of at least two, if not more, European tours that were scheduled, getting lined up, ready to announce. And it was like, oh, hold on. Let's wait. Uh, uh, okay, reschedule, push back five months. And that's just what we got to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it sucks. You know, and it's like, you know, it's it's really kind of rough for everybody. And it, it's the United States for our folk, you know, our listeners outside of the U.S. Like, the, the United States puts no um, worth on art. Nope. Um, so, like, you know, it, it's not like as if. You know, in other places, I, I, I can't say for a fact. This is my, my speaking ignorance, but like in the '90s, like you know, we knew bands or like labels and stuff. Like in the '90s, there was a label called Overcome Records, right? In mm. in, in Rennes, in in France. Yeah, and like the dude David that owned it, like had an office in downtown Rennes. Right, <laughs> right. The, the government paid for it because they were like. They supported the arts. They saw the value in it, right? You know what I mean. Like the dude's not selling thousands and thousands of records at the time. You know what I mean? But no. like, he would put out local bands and whatever, whatever. But like, we were fascinated that you're like, yo, you have a fucking like. I couldn't imagine being like, you know, me starting a label and putting out, you know, my friends' bands or whatever, and being like, yeah, I got like, I I have like a you know decent sized office on you know Fifth Avenue in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. That was with the equipment, you know, but like it's sponsored by the government. So, or like, so yeah. The thing I want to, because you're making an incredible point, it's something where it's it's completely underrated. We don't have to go too hard on it, but Tom, um, if it wasn't for hardcore, would you have heard of or know what Brick, New Jersey is? Probably not. Probably not. No. You'd know what Albany is. Would would you yeah, have had yeah. any occasion come to the capital? No, because since I've not been in a band, yeah, I haven't been since. <laughs> so, would you know where Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania is? Maybe you'd know from a map, but you wouldn't have had any reason to go there, right? Confirm no. No, well, right, here's the only thing. Scranton. Yeah. My high school prom date went to the oh, University of Scranton. Okay, okay. So, so I was familiar. All right. Well, so here's the thing. Hardcore shows, hardcore fests, a lot more. Think about the income they generate in a small place and even not even a small place but even bigger place let's use fya which is set to happen early january is it the first week of january i think it is set yeah to happen. it's like the seventh and eighth or whatever or, yeah, yeah shout out to bob wilson shout out to fya been sold out for a minute uh kevin Hare doing that work you know what i mean whoo, whoo. yo Putting the amount of flights together. the amount of flights the oh, amount of hotel it. rooms the amount of meals um every every vegetarian restaurant in the area should be Center every coffee shop is yes. probably sees like a giant like yeah you know, uptick and everything so so and, and that's that's like a bigger spot like it's you know philly and that's tampa this is hardcore yeah. philly's big la, right, big LA. Spot. but when we were doing sound and fury up in ventura yo you could feel it in the town and you can feel it even in a place like austin when chaos and Tejas was happening it felt like you just like were migrated to punk planet. You know what I mean? Like, holy yep. shit. I mean, it was like that in, uh, when, um, FYA was in Ybor city, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a wild place, but it's like, you know, literally every place you walked into. Yeah. It was all hardcore hits. Right. Right. You can't Everywhere. turn without hitting a hoodie. So, yeah. So 
when you think about that and you go like, what is the importance? And, and it's like, we've hit it before, but I don't think we've ever really specifically hit it. Stuff like support of the arts at a, a state level, I could get weird about, but at the same time, yo, why would you not take advantage of that? Why would, and the fact that it's not something that's inherently built into our culture, built into this country is a poor reflection because you see it and you see how much it's beneficial in other places. And, yo, know, I've talked to people, people in Canada are like, yeah, you know, it is there. It's a pain in the goddamn ass and you have to jump through one bajillion hoops. However, if you do and you get it, it's, it's pretty cool, you know, so there's no overlooking it. And it's just um, and you see it, you see it and you feel it now because I think both of you brought up a good point about venues in terms of these places. The option of going, hey, we're going to shut down for another six months because we just don't feel comfortable. Yo, I bet there's people who don't feel comfortable who have to go work that venue job. There's people who run those spots who are going, do I feel like we're doing the most responsible thing here? Well, on one side, it's paying my bills, paying my employees' bills, et cetera, et cetera. And the other side is public safety. Well, Shit, you know? I, I, uh, maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. Because while you were talking, Bob, forgive me, I went and checked on a couple shows that are going on. They're still going on. Oh, no, no, no. Like, that's um, what I would say. Shows are still happening. I'm not mad at it either. Like, like there's shows, big show that just, by the time people heard it, hear this, it'll have just happened on New Year's up in Syracuse. Yes. You know, um, that looks banging. Terror, One Step Closer, Warn, Spy, Death Threat, Death Threat Restraining Order, Blind Justice. You know, like the bonkers lineup, yeah. crazy lineup. Um, and, and like there's a bunch and it's there's going to be a bunch of shows going on up and down the East Coast. I don't think anybody's hassled. I also think no one's forced anyone to go to any shows. But I do think it's an interesting thing, thing to think about because I haven't thought about that in terms of I've thought about venue shutting down and not being there. But you think about the trickle down of that and you think about like, damn, these spots that Pat's playing on tours, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, nobody does shows in Chattanooga anymore. Or yeah, nobody does shows in City X anymore because all the mid-sized venues are gone. And the dude who booked shows there or the person who booked shows there, um, it's too much of a hassle for them to even try at this point. A, a definite concern should we enter any type of extended uh, which, uh, COVID. Which again... Uh, Cart in front of horse. I don't think it will be. No, no, I don't. I don't. Th- I think, I don't think people not. are going to. I don't think so. The venues themselves or the bands themselves may may take one for the team, but I don't. Venues aren't. None of these places are closing down because they made it pretty clear that it was like all these businesses will go away if we. Yeah. So it's like fuck it. If you're not coughing, you can go to work in five days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like 100%. It's, can I uh, shift us backwards for please, just a second? Please, please. Do I look like Toby Maguire? A. And did Toby Maguire look spent as shit in this new Spider-Man? B. He looked pretty washed. And Ooh, when damn. people text me to tell me I look like Toby Maguire, should I take that to mean I'm a washed forty-five-year-old? Yes. <laughs> so you, I think I, think I looked and Toby. I think Toby is forty-two or forty-five, and I and people are hitting me being like. Being like, yo, you look like Toby in the movie. And I was like, I think I look better. 
All right. So I don't. How 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 straight do you want? You don't got to be. De- you don't got to be delicate. Go in. Okay. He's forty six. Okay. Um, you don't look like Tobey Maguire two thousand. You know what I mean? Like first movies, Spider Man. <laughs> but I look like him now that he's washed. <laughs> well, <laughs> so he's lost a little weight. He's lost some weight in his face. So he's got better definition, better cheekbones now. Okay, I think Tom. You know do, what I mean? Do you feel like he's dressing this up right now? Yeah, he's putting lipstick on a pig. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to make it. Not, Born on but a fifty-seven-year-old gray man. When someone said that, so we we got hit with that in our Instagram, and I said, "Not wrong." Um, I said, "Not wrong." You do look like that. Uh, you got a little bit more sparkle in your eye than he does. Um, a better fashion sense than he did in the movie. I don't know what he does personally. Um. Yeah, no, he, if it's, if it's a trajectory thing, he's moving up on his facial feature look to come to your level. Does that work? Does that feel nice? I, I mean, but he seems like he, bullshit to me. But, yeah. yeah. He kind of looks like he's going, he, he looks like he's been through it. Honestly, Look, I gotta be honest. I don't think Toby Maguire was a good looking dude back then. I thought he had kind of a weird shape to his face. Even now, yeah. I think he has a weird lip thing. He like purses his lips oddly when he yeah, speaks. He does. But oh, hold on, I, I, do you guys feel that the new Spider-Man, Tom Holland, is becoming a good-looking kid, like movie to movie? He's a handsome guy, good-looking like, guy for sure. He looked like, but he looked like I—I don't imagine he was actually a kid when the first movie started. He must have been like an adult, right? He's been mid twenties, probably. Let's look like, it up. We have the he, information. He now looks like a leading man. Well, so did you hear the whole thing? So he's in. Um, is it Uncharted? Uncharted? Yeah. So he's in Uncharted. And apparently in Uncharted, he got to have like a, a decent haircut, like trim on the sides, a little longer on the top, but it was tight on the sides. So it looked good for the guy. But he had a quote and he's like, well, you know, in the movie, Peter Parker, he's kind of a loser. So he's supposed to have this janky haircut that's kind of like bulbous on the sides and he looks stupid. And if you actually look at it, you go, okay, dude's face hasn't changed much. It's just the framing. And so he, he the quote went on to say, like, he kind of put his foot down. He's like, yeah, I was like, look, uh, you guys got to live with it. I'm not going to have a bullshit haircut. I'm going to have a nice haircut in this movie. That's it. It's, he also is beaten up and weathered. So Pat's like, this guy's grown into his face. Uh, all right. Here's He's walking here. around blood. Yeah, that's true. All right, Garfield uh, looks good. Garfield's a handsome guy. Garfield's a good looking guy. I think he's goofy looking. I think he's he's got a little bit of lollipop on him because his head's big and he's got the big hair and he's a very thin guy. But I think he's good looking. Uh, guess Tom Holland's age. Twenty-seven. Pat, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, yeah, twenty. Let's go. Uh, how? When? When did the first Spider-Man movie come out? Of his? Of uh, his? Two thousand seventeen. Oh, really? Jesus, those are close. Um, all right, I'll say he's. Uh, he might be younger than that. I'll say he's twenty-five. Born June first, nineteen ninety-six. He's twenty-five years old. Wow. Okay. That's young man, born in '96. Damn, damn, damn. All right. Um, right. So he's probably 19 or 20 when he's filming those movies. Um, not a bad life. Is he huh? the best Spider-Man? Yes. No, Toby is the best Spider-Man. Come on. Wow. Okay. What about emo Toby when when he found no, out about that's a, that's a bad moment. That's a bad yeah. moment. Really bad moment. Um. All right. Any new hardcore coming up that you're excited for? Vaguely, broadly. Oh. Fuck, I don't know what's coming out. Um, Think it in your head. You excited for the new Mind Force LP? 
Is are we getting one? Yes. Oh, then yeah, that'll be pretty lit. Uh, what, where do they go sonically? What do they do? Go more metal? Go less metal? I think they stay right in the pocket. Okay. Okay. My guess is, and I could be wrong, but my guess is that they're going to try to perfectly dial in the thing that they achieved on the last record. Okay. I like that. Tom, what do you think? They have to go a little bit more metal, um, but staying, they're not going too far afield from what they've been doing. True. But I know some people. Oh, you you might have some inside info. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Let's see. What else new shit is coming? Um, We talked about our sponsor stuff. Uh, Do we get an incendiary record? Oh. I know that from the band, the dudes. Is that that news we can talk on? Well, I mean, they're like, they're writing and they're like almost done, I think. Fuck yeah. Love to hear it. Yeah. I mean, this is just, I've heard when I saw them at that Brooklyn. Pat, do you want to say the thing that you usually say when this band comes up? How much rap is there on it? I hope fucking Brendan sees you the next time and puts you in a fucking front face lock and chokes you the fuck out. I don't make the guy rap. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm not That's and I'm also, rugby like for I, college. He's gonna fuck you up. Listen, I'm sure he could bounce me like a basketball. It's not changing the fact that he's rapping. You know what I mean? Well, you know what? Honestly, anybody that has a problem with things I say on this podcast, while you're beating me up, I'm just gonna say, I don't you know, rap. you still rap. You know, <laughs> So while I'm taking the beating, I'm just going to say, it's rap, though. It's still rap. <laughs> I mean, that Million Miles of Fun song is full-on fucking Marcy worship. Oh, sure. Uh, I mean, listen. Here's I mean, the- I, that's what I get. That's a vibe I get. That's you going for Stephen, you, whatever the fuck is. How, how close could you get to uh, Stephen Morris, Stephen, Mr. Morrissey? That's as close. I mean, it's, it's, that's as close as I can get, period. Uh, Would you and, say you were going for that? Uh, no, I. To be honest, I we listened to it in the van uh, the other day, and I said, I said uh, our engineer John was there, and I said, what, what, what was I doing? Why'd yeah. you let me do this? What, what was, was the this go- on the way to the hospital when you guys all hurt yourselves on a fucking trampoline? <laughs> at our trampoline park? I went to the trampoline park again. Did you go to the one in Upstate? I went to the one in Crossgates Mall. Yes. And, uh, you did. It, uh, <laughs> oh no. I I asked the dude because <laughs> on my way, so. They've got this, which actually could be really fun if anybody in Albany wants to do this with me. They're, they've all these places have like American Ninja Warrior courses now, right? And they are really fucking fun. Yeah, they because are. Because they're they're hard. Yes, they are. <laughs> they're really hard. Really and hard. also, this one in Albany, respect to Get Air Trampoline Park, they you're playing with your life when you enter there. I felt like I was at a show when I was 16 where it was like. Wait, you're gonna let me jump on this? I'm gonna break my ass. Like this is gonna not go well. And they're just sort of like, yeah, you can jump on on the uh, surfboard that is suspended by bungee cords. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and and good luck. Oh, also, uh, all of the edges of the pit are hard plastic. Very Have a hard. good time. Uh, <laughs> so like, oh. I gotta. I'm Okay, and, Tom. You just missed some some trampoline park wrap up. Don't well, because I go. Did, did you listen to it on the way to the hospital when you all broke yourselves on the trampoline park, and then it went dead. I was like, should I not have said that? Oh yeah, no, <laughs> he didn't. He didn't kick you out. Don't worry. No. I was like, what? Well, everyone's like, we're gonna be quiet, so we can cut that out. No one's allowed to know it's HIPAA. <laughs> um, Pat, what do you do when you go to the trampoline park? Do you do the one where you can the the do the front flips into the foam pit? Yeah. So check it out. I'm not. I have no shame about this. I'm doing six a six week tour 
in venues that will not have barriers. I was practicing my stage dives. Going off an HR. Yeah, I was like, I better be on this because, you know, on drug church tours, we see the best and the worst of stage diving. And when you see that sort of like the entire spectrum from somebody doing like a confused, this is my first stage dive. Do I just Mm. kind of fall into it face Mm. first? Oops. Mm. I got a finger in my eye and now I'm rolling over onto the ground Uh, to kids who have real pop. Like I'm like their, their legs are springs. Like when you see the, the gamut, I was like, I got to at least be in the fucking mix. It's my own shows. <laughs> so I, I, yeah, no shame. I went, Cavlift, I went to baby. the, uh, Cavlifts. go, you're, you're, you're in the gulag for at least another couple of weeks. Do some Cavlifts when you're standing there, just lean against the wall and just lift your, lift your toes onto the ball, of your foot, uh, and try to do a thousand a day. Done. I mean, I got to get better. Get them. Springs. So I did that. I did American Ninja warrior, but here's the problem. When I was doing my little stage dives, a kid came up to me and he said, do you want to do a contest? And I said, oh, so then he and I had to do this, uh, like who could jump the furthest. And he was, he he was a cute kid. Every time he would jump, he would immediately look at me and go, I'm okay. Which I thought was really funny. Uh, I'm okay. Uh, and then he and I did that for a while because there is to see who could, but kids don't care about the fucking posted rules. No, but, but I've got to, right. So yeah, like, that's true. so I would jump into the foam pit and there's like really explicit rules. Like d- don't two people get jump out into of this yes. particular foam pit. So like I had like the kid, like, like kicking me in my neck while I was like still in the foam pit. But the uh, point is I did that for a while. And then I did uh, American Ninja warrior course. Yo, I did it for half an hour straight, sweating like a pig. And then this like stepdad shows up with his little kid who, so I was doing, sorry for everybody at home. If you can't picture this in your head, um, 45 degree angle, uh, uh, like skate, skate tape, uh, inclines that you're supposed to. Yeah. You hop from board to board to board. Correct. Yep. Um, so you jump from one to one to one, and then you hit a point where they are on the same side. So you'd have to do a Bo Jackson yep. up the up the side of the fucking thing, and I could not do it. Every time I was fucking ruining myself. And then this dude with his stepkid shows up, and the kid figures it out in one. He instead of trying to do the Bo Jackson, he just jumps onto the next one and grips it with his hand. Whoa. And, and I was like, and I sat there, I looked at the stepdad and I was like, I've been doing this for half an hour. <laughs> and the stepdad just looks at me and goes, you fucking loser. It, like, so I, I lost that particular American Ninja Warrior course to, I would guess that that kid was 10. That sounds right. That's, <laughs> so, that's so optimal that. Ninja Warrior age. So. It, well, yo, you can, and I remember this from when I was a kid. Uh, how many pull-ups do you think you fellows could do right now? Right now? Oh, man. And, uh, uh, 15. 15? I'd ruin myself on three. Yeah, so, I wouldn't. I don't know if I could do more than two or three. Yeah, I, so, I, I, yeah, the, yeah. From 10 to 15 would be the shakes and full-on, like, maybe I'm dying. But I think, I could, I think if there was money on the line, I could do 15. Well, the You're right talking amount. like the what's the uh, the um, 
those like kick up fucking. No, 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 no. I wouldn't do those. Yeah, the, I would the do CrossFit style. No, I do yeah. full, full pull up, chin over bar, pull up, chin over bar. Wow. Yeah. So, I'm not in the Bob category, and this this little kid. I remember this from when I was a kid. Your arms are nothing. You're not strong, but you also weigh nothing. Like birds, <laughs> like bird bones. So this kid was doing the ropes. He did a three rope sequence as though he was Tarzan. And I was so fucking impressed because I was ruining my body every time. Yo, here's like, the thing. I don't think I, I don't want to make it out like I'm American Ninja Warrior because I think there's lots of people we know and people who listen to this podcast who are like, yo, 15? I can do 50 like with my eyes closed. Like I'm saying 15 as like a peak peak for me right now. So, ooh. Please write into us and let us know how many pull ups yeah. you can do. <laughs> yeah. yeah we're and not the bullshit. Not that we want. Yeah. You know, what's your, what's your, what do you think is your best? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to try to do my best. Uh, let's see. I'll find, there's a, there's an outdoor park here. I'll try to do some when it's not piss cold. Yeah, I bet you like Andy can do like oh my 75. God. He's got four arms. No like question. Fucking, but yeah. don't let, no, 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 steroid guys, don't hit us with the steroid talk. <laughs> no, send that to Pat's personal I mean, Pat, if you really want to. Personal I mean. Instagram. Uh, no, right, which it, means send it to me, and then I'll have to ask Pat to respond mm, to you. No, listen. The re- <laughs> the reason that I have to say this is because, like I say, I always get so much fucking steroid text. It's Why crazy. Do it? Or are you afraid you're getting like he, they're cops and they're gonna arrest you? No, I just got no interest in in like steroid stuff. Like uh, I'm uh, I'm all you natural. Don't, you don't in- care about your body? No, nah, listen. I'm all natural until. Somebody explains that HGH is like very safe and natural. At that point, I'll be like, I guess. I mean, Mark McGuire is still alive. Yeah. Well, apparently, HGH. There's people that argue that HGH is good for you as you age, and that it is a world of difference away from like testosterone and shit like that, which tends to like take years off your life. But I don't know that to be true, and. My science time is uh, occupied. It's just me and John Joseph in the lab trying to figure out this COVID shit. So, like, I can't devote any time to figuring out if HGH is. Uh, I mean, if you go to all those scientific papers you usually go to, someone will be like, dude, shoot HGH right into your fucking ball bag. You'll be fine. I mean, yeah, right? You'll find some doctor to say that, right? You know what? That's probably true. Be like, dude, shoot, shoot it right to, like, the thing under your tongue that connects your tongue to the bottom of your mouth. If you shoot it in there. Six weeks, you'll be like fucking oh. incredible. Hobby. What is that? Is that your frenulum? What is that? Yeah, it's the only it's the only operation I've ever had. Really? Yep. How old are you? Uh, young enough that I only vaguely remember it. Were you like tongue tied or something? Yeah, to to the extent that it, the a doctor said, yeah, you could do that, oh. and then uh, got that. you were like the OG BME guy. So the reason I know what a frenulum is is because they do that to they're supposed to do that to, to like kids at baby age. Like yes, you go in and basically even even like a 10 week old baby they can go, "Oh yeah, you see that? They're probably going to be tongue tied. Here, let's just go in and snip it now." Okay, they literally take a pair of scissors and go, "Snip." Yep. And that's it. And like the baby yeah, so, doesn't so when care. I called it for surgery, I was, I was yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, like I was overselling it a touch. Yeah, yeah. Steve Rogers. Yeah. But by the way, if they had just, if you, the, it's a little bit of cruelty on your parents' part. And you should bring it up to them and be like, yo, why didn't you get that done when I was a baby? And they'd be like, eh, yeah, I was like, I was like, like that you shit. know, eh, whatever. Uh, the yeah. Fact that you're 74 years old and have had one surgery. is pretty incredible. 
Uh, I'll say you have lived a, a, a like a bubble wrap life. Hmm. Oh, I mean, I feel completely blessed. I, when I was doing that uh, uh, American Ninja Warrior stuff, I was like at the trampoline I've, park. Yes, I, I was. Yeah, like, let's be realistic. I, I, I was like, yo, I've uh, I've gone my entire life without breaking my ankle, and uh, or, or, I sprained it so severely that. I sprained it so severely that I was like dragging it for like a month once, but like a a doctor told me that if I had uh, broken it, I would be in a completely different level of pain. Correct. So the, so I haven't broken my ankles and I haven't broken my wrists. And for that to be, I was like, yo, I'm blessed. And here I'm going to blow it at the trampoline park. (laughs) Right. You're going (laughs) to blow a fucking ACL because you're, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, which is a topic that we should bring in a friend to talk about at some point. Oh, what blowing an ACL? B- blowing oh, out, sure, part- yeah, yeah. We blowing out parts of your body, yeah, and how it's it's kind of fucking really crazy that your body straight up just shuts down on you one day and says, "Yeah, shit that was normal for you." Now you stand like you know it's a fucking you, you're you're spinning the wheel on if it's going to fucking just rupture or blow out or fucking tear or whatever, that's crazy. Yeah. you don't have to have, you don't have to have done anything different than you've done 7,000 times. Just one day your body goes, eh. yeah, this is dislocated now. Rough. Let's yeah. try. No, you, can't do that. you can't do that no more. Uh, let's get, hold on. Let's get back to our, our hardcore excitement. Um, so uh, let's see. I personally, Right. Mm. Remember how excited I was maybe a year and a half ago uh, when we heard that Colonial Wound uh, first EP or demo yes, or whatever it yes, was. Yes. So uh, I've been excited uh, that uh, 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 there's new Tim Singer acts. Right. Like there's there, the, literally yeah, Tim, a, literally Tim several. Singer. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A- and I've been excited for those. The Bitter Branches material is totally underrated. Mm. Uh, and so, but that type of heaviness. I hope that I hope to see a couple more acts of that type, um, whether that's kind of the um, uh, breather resist type of thing or uh, 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 the actual uh, kiss a goodbye sort of sound or, or whatever. I would love to see a couple more capable heavy bands uh, doing that sort of thing. Uh, and that what do we call them that like sniper core or something. Uh, I don't. <laughs> we're call, yeah, we're calling that bell tower hardcore. Um, <laughs> the uh, yeah, some like I'm losing my mind. Bell tower hardcore would be awesome. Uh, I get hey, like City Hunter would be a good example of like unhinged acts. But yeah. That, but but there's like kind of but that's not heavy in that way, right? But it no, has no, the no. right. It has, that it kind has of the right to it. Yeah, it has it has the. Um, the kind of, and I don't mean aesthetic, like uh, necessarily like what they're going for with the movie homage and all that. I, right. But I mean, the mask and stuff makes it that much crazier. I think. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It has like an unhinged sort of thing to it, and <clears throat> I like that. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit more of that. Uh, at the same time, uh, as we talked about on the uh, 2021, I am weirdly really drawn to to Dare's meat and potatoes. You know what I mean? So if we could get some acts doing that to perfection, like that sound, I really are in on the trampoline park style. You just want stage dive fun, fucking hardcore. Uh, Yo, that's uh, somebody's (laughs) maybe the first time in your life. You've thought when was the last time you stage dove? 
I do a terrible version of it for Drug Church, but I haven't done it for another band in probably like five years. Nah, four years. No, who did I jump for last? Actually, um, that's more recent than I was expecting. I think I think we on tour. If we're out with somebody for a long time, we will stage dive like Drug Church. At will the end of the dive. tour, do you do like the like a day to remember? What, 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 no, what was the band you went out with? Uh, who did we go out with? Thrice, a couple years ago. Uh, oh. Story so far. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, you do like the end of the tour, like everyone stage dive last song thing, like. Yeah, no, no, no. But like, like the dudes, the last week of a tour, the dudes will start like getting their jumps in for turnstile or, or, or like, you know, whoever, whoever we're out with. And, uh, like our, so drug church's current, uh, this is a bone of contention because Brian Murray was like, Hey, I'm leaving my job. I want to be your merch guy. Ooh, okay. and, And like three of us who don't give a shit about anything, we're like, yeah, whatever. And then, as it turns out, our merch guy Alex Uh-oh. is is wants to hang on to that job. Oh, uh, no. Which, by the way, everybody, yo, you want to hear something crazy? Our merch guy made more than I did on that last tour. Nah, that's not true. But he, but he, cl- eh, that's not true. But close. And the reason is, you get a couple of those dates with with uh, really good uh, 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 tips. Mm. It can really add up. Oh yeah. So he had a couple. He had a couple really good nights. And you get any tips? And he's a young dude. He's 25. So he's like feeling the, oh, I get to tour, make money, like just be kind of social and then stage dive every night. Fuck. So Brian and him are going to have to be put in some sort of pit where they fight for it and we throw Yo, the weapons yes, at yes, them. Yes, but yes. Because that was Brian. When when we when Brian was our was our merch guy, he was like literally nineteen, and that was his role was to be the guy that was excited to stage dive and make a little bit of money. Although at that time we made no money. Sorry, Brian. But like the, uh, it, but anyway, the point is, uh, that dude Alex, twenty five, long legs, good pop to his jumps. He just after the first week of it, he was like. I guess I'll just jump for every fucking band on this Damn. tour the whole time. So uh, he got in his jumps every night. The other guys uh, got their like really messy, uh, like fall to the ground immediately jumps. Uh, and then you have the occasions on tour where somebody's gear stops working and they're like, well, I guess I got stage time. Fuck it. Um, I mean, so, so is this leading to um, the first annual drug church X get air crossgates mall um stage dive competition sponsor us sponsor for you guys play kind of behind the stage dive pits the foam pits by the way tom do you know what the worst thing is about these foam pits getting getting out out right yeah because yeah, aren't you like the like you can't put any weight down you put weight down on the foam you just you, s- fall, you go further sinking. in yeah you got to like Wiggle roll up and out. It's weird. Um, the harder I swim, the faster I sink. Yeah. I got called the uh, professor version of Scott Vogel. Mm. And I said, yo, that's that's exactly that's exactly it. <laughs> I said, that's what I'm going for. That's awesome. What do you use? Like, f- like five syllable words to induce stage dive? Yes. Does it work, though? Because it works for him. That dude can, <laughs> can, does can it get work. literally. Yeah, does it work? Because I feel like. 
that dude could get stage eyes at a funeral. What do you pull? You can you get people that amped up that people are like, "Fucking, I'm doing this." I mean, Philadelphia, notwithstanding. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Philadelphia like stand with their backs to you. It was so we had just come off of some really fucking fun shows in the South where people were really uninhibited and were having a fucking awesome time. And then Philadelphia, for whatever reason, was like a little bit more stiff to start. They got it by the end and it was a fun fucking show. But like for the first, that's, that's the kid that was angry at me. Cause I was like, what the, like <clears throat> for the first fucking, normally the first three show, uh, the first three songs, people don't know what to do. Then I give them permission to stage dive in, in the respect that I say, let's get some fucking stage dives. And then, People go nuts, but that show, I would say it was like five songs in before people were like, Oh yeah, I'm at a fucking show. Let's fucking party. And, uh, so I was getting frustrated and, uh, uncharacteristically, uh, perhaps, uh, taking it out on the audience. Got it. Um, and not everybody loves that energy. So, game. so what you're really, no. and what you're really saying is that drug church can't afford to have two merch guys. Hmm. That, I mean, that's a fact. What but, about a TM? You're a headlining act. Uh, we TM ourselves, but we also have our sound guy and a merch guy. No, I, I, so normally if you're as small as we are, you might not even have a sound guy, but you, if you do have a sound guy, he's also almost certainly also your TM. Mm, mm. So John Markson is doing it again. John Markson will be doing sound for us on our next tour. Mm, nice. Um, mm. all right. So excited about so that. You're leaving Brian Murray out in the cold. What you're saying. I mean, he's just got to fight for it. I like the battle. Well, what does he do? Is he like how do how do you like does he like promise you like twenty five percent of his tips? That would win me over, yeah. Like how does he do it? Like what's he you know? I'd become a friend at that point. So is he you going like person to person with merch? His. Yeah, you so yeah. Ooh. Does he yeah, like he's he's like um a popcorn. Like he's walking through with pop drug church shirts here. Get your drug right. You know what's you know what's fucked up? I gotta admit this. I'm like a hard guy to lobby because I don't give a shit, right? Like, mm. I, lo- I love Brian. Been my friend for a fucking decade. But he can pick his ass at home or come on tour with us. Uh, and I'm kind of just like, yo, I, I, I'm barely, I'm, I barely know what's going on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm a hard guy to, like, win over in that way. Yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> yo, do you know who you guys have an ally in? My girlfriend, who is like, why don't you promote acts to grind on mm. your social media? Mm. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, you, you kind of have like the platform. Mm. Why? And I said, yeah, well, but it's kind of a different style of music. Then and what? Then self-defense. Mm. And, and she said, it doesn't matter. I mean, but this people that might like it. And I said, wow, you should really get together with Bob and Tom. <laughs> well, tell her I she mean, can guest host anytime. She sounds smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. If you guys, yeah, if you want to like record her yelling at you in an Australian accent, we can use that as an intro for a while. Oh yeah. yeah her, her saying, why don't you? Um, yeah. Like why? I mean, I mean, that's a good, you know, it's a, a compelling question. question. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's not like no one's following the self-defense Twitter or Instagram for the band. No. You have far more followers than 
on there than listeners. That's that's probably true. I mean, the 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 the, the people want entertainment stuff. Although I'm trying to pull back into like some level of professionalism, where like I don't have because you know Twitter is like unbelievably toxic. Like, let me say yeah. this: if Twitter, you just, you just realizing this, listen, if Twitter is too toxic for me. It's bad. And I was born in the briar patch. Then it, <laughs> it, it's really adapted to it. it. It is like, yo, that's a, that's an ugly space for ugly people. And I can't fuck with it anymore. So like, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm like, I, I don't when do use you want to use Twitter to say, we learned it from you, dad. Yeah. It, no, no doubt. Listen, yeah, I, you were the OG. I hold, I hold some accountability here. <laughs> I mean, but I'm just saying, like, it's like, yo, know, people are trying to harm each other. They're not trying to joke with each other. They're like, yo, like, how do I, like, take this person off the board and ruin them? Like, yo, that's weird. I don't, uh, that's like, that's ugly shit. So, like, I don't fuck with Twitter nearly as much as I used to. Uh, and, <laughs> and Instagram's tough because I got two lives right now, right? Because, like, Sorry for people at home that don't give a shit about my life. Uh, at home? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, because so, uh, my my account that comic book people follow is hard for me to like joke about like being an anti-vaxxer and shit because comic book people are very literal. And they, I'll make the news, like I'll make comic book news if I'm just making like my normal level of joke, right? So like, and but I've trained some music people to expect jokes from me, but like, comics, nah. So I, 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 I don't know. I'm very my my uh, social media is schizophrenic at the moment. I got to figure out what the fuck to do. Every once in a while, if you want to throw in a like, hey, just put out an episode. <laughs> want to check it out? That'd be cool. I mean, you know. Every, every once in a while, every, every Tuesday. Those, for you know what? Like being the highest mm-hmm. hardcore podcast on on iTunes and everything doesn't yeah. happen, you know, accidentally. All right. So if you want us to keep us up there, it's like it's like pretty much Joe Budden, Mall, a few other rap things, and us. So maybe so it's an interesting it. thing because pretty good. I had a conversation with a, another hardcore homie about. Uh, long timer been doing their the their project for a minute and was like yeah you know it's weird um we get a lot i, I you know I, I get a lot of really kind emails and a lot of people going yo you know you you showed me this or i helped you helped me do this or yeah. saw you do this and ba 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 and was just like but we don't get the public love we don't get the like retweets we don't get the posts we don't get this and wasn't like in his feelings about it. it was kind of like speaking plain kind of just like it's it's odd and you know i don't know if i should take it as as a like compliment or if i should yeah. take it sideways or whatever i was like you know the hard thing is is success is a hard thing and when you do something well or people think you hit a certain level you stop getting the like hey just want to show love to this thing you know, oh, just and, if you've been around, if you've been around long enough, people are like, yeah, they they got their love. People, they, correct. You know, but it's like that's actually 
you get there from that sustained. You get there from that, like, uh, you know, member-supported radio. You get that from from people continuing to do it. And it's hard because you don't want to be the person be like, yo, you don't want to be the person spamming. You don't want to be the person asking people to post your shit. But at the same time, yo, it never goes unappreciated. So Right. And, I mean, how annoying is it when you hear people like, please, re- uh subscribe and and like and you know subscribe you know and give us five stars and give us a comment and like we don't want to do that well either. and it that also becomes problem. that becomes like glaze right like when i can't even like especially youtube videos like that's as soon as i start to hear the you know thanks for listening and you know if you liked what you bell. got it's like my brain goes goes to fog like i don't it doesn't even matter they could be saying enter this code and i'll send you five thousand dollars and i wouldn't hear it you know very true, very true. But you know what? Uh, that being said, back in, you know, maybe promote the show. Yeah, well, you know, Patrick, uh, a wise man named Shaquille O'Neal said, uh, uh, social media is only for promotion. What are you doing? Like, yeah. promote yeah. everything strictly and just just do it unapologetically. Like, it doesn't matter. That's what you're supposed yeah, to do. Every doing. Tuesday, there's an Ask to Grind post. Every, whenever, yeah. whenever you guys, whenever you deign yeah. to record O'Neal. with Eric Wilson. I think he's uh, doing pretty good. You know, you know, you know what's yeah, he's doing pretty good. You know what's interesting? I I think I said the exact same thing that I wanted out of hardcore last year. <laughs> so I was just reflecting. I was like, Or Tim want- Singer style bands. Tom, what yeah, do you want out of hardcore in twenty twenty two? Um Good question. Um I'm cool with you know Hopefully, shows being safe and open and fun, and um, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the naysayer. Mm. I need more bands to bring it. Mm. Tell uh, me more. Don't, Not enough bands, you you, Tom. You don't want to get me started, man. Come on. There are so many bands that have great records out that have great opportunities coming up, you know, like, you know, turnstile being, a, you know, bringing eyes to hardcore is only beneficial to all current bands, especially bands that are tied in with them. Take advantage that they promote that they, you know what I mean? Like yep. turnstile is who they are. I mean, songwriting and stuff aside, because it's like, they're fucking dynamic. Yep. yep. They're jumping. They're everyone's having fun. Who's smiling? They're like enough with the fucking people looking like they're wait, like waiting on the bus, and they're asking the bass player if they just missed like the B sixty two. Yo, I I need there's there's not there's too much lazy fucking like. No, it's a thing. I'm too it's, cool it's, for it's school a, thing. It's a and you vibe that people are it. going for that I think is really misguided. I, I think no. it's like yeah. super confused. But you listen, I don't want to beat this to death because it's like a personal, what do they call it, bugaboo for me. It's like a little hobgoblin. Like I, it bothers the living shit out of me. I sent you guys a video of a band whose record I like and I think has something going on. And I was, I was like, yo, this is fucking torture live. And mm. then there was a band that's – now granted, you can catch me at a fuck like – if you just give me 30 seconds of recording me, you maybe you get those the only 30 seconds of me being a lame ass ever. But like there was a big fucking band, not big, but like hardcore big that somebody recorded. And I was like, yo, are these dudes spent? Because th- they look bored as shit. And I would be bummed if I was in the front for this. 
And it got me thinking like, yo, there's maybe everybody's just pivoting to like, yeah, like Oasis was cool. Remember when they wore coats? You know, <laughs> remember they wore giant jackets and just stood there, but then wrote choruses that 300,000 people could sing along to? Right. Yeah, like, if your chorus can't get 300K, uh, fucking jump around. You know what I'm saying? You write fucking live forever and you could stand there with your fucking hands behind your back. Right. Like, well, t- Tom Petty didn't need to do any front flips, but like hardcore bands should. Yes. Or just interact. Yeah. I, I Even don't. if you got to practice what you're going to say, do it. Nobody wants to hear another breathless, like, yo, shout out to fucking headlining band B. No, you got to find, you got to put some fucking spice yeah, on Yeah, okay. That. That's that's going to be our mission for 2022. We're going to try to find the bands who bring it. We got to we gotta see it. Let's see them videos. I mean, I think it's not easy. I don't think it's easy like, either. I think, I think uh, yo, and I'm not even mad. I'm just saying there's a lot of samies and the bands who just, if you're not trying, if your energy isn't at a 10, hmm. Would, how can you expect that from a reaction? Yeah, that, that's that would probably be the best way to put that. Is like people are only going to give you what you're giving them. You know what I mean? Like they, they paid to see you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like it, it's uh, I don't know. You know, you ever seen those dogs that do the uh, like they walk on two legs when they piss? Oh yeah. Seen oh yeah. Impressive. That should be all of us. <sighs> When they piss, like, how about the dogs that skateboard? No, I like the dogs that skateboard, but like, have you ever seen like, like they'll put their back, their entire back body, yeah, like up, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You want to see that from performers? That's what, yes, that's what we all need to be doing. I don't know that that's exactly what Tom meant when he was saying he wanted to see bands do it live, you know, Uh but, um. Tom Patrick was just saying that he thinks Sorry, that yeah, every hardcore band should be uh, peeing with their legs both in the air. Is that right, Pat? No, just like the no. energy of those dogs that are like, hey, every time I piss, it's a performance. Right. I'm standing on my front two paws. Thank you. Fucking, oh, yes. Like tagging up a wall with my urine. Yes. To me, and maybe this is my own experience, I can't tell you how many times I've seen bands – live that i was blown away by and then i got the record i'm like yo that record sucked compared to them live yep mm-hmm. i want that energy in 2022 <laughs> i feel like it's the opposite now it is disappointment the records rule and then you see them you're like ah yeah put it this way i mean it's not to not to put anybody on um, spotlight somebody in a good way one step closer mm-hmm. before they could have recorded their fucking rec- records on a fucking boom box but after seeing them live, I, I was sold. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that singer jumping around, the fucking banjo. Everyone's like energetic and psyched. Mm. You know, like I always talk about it, like fucking body. Oh, he's yeah. also a fucking freak of nature. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he's got uh, – he's so athletic. It's crazy. You know, Yo, he, it, sad, but like any of those dudes. This is me saying something. I, I only know body to say hello. So mm. I might be getting myself in trouble with a guy that I don't know well enough to talk on. Hmm. He pisses me off, man. Because he's like... Because he's so good? He's so good and doesn't care. It makes me so angry he doesn't care, man. I, I, I've, I've what do like, you mean? doesn't care that he's so good? Yes. Yeah, he's, like, he's, he's great. Listen, I'm at <laughs> he's the... He's a beach guy, man. They don't care, bro. I'm at the fucking trampoline park trying to get better at the fucking stage dives. This motherfucker is like... That's doing at a fucking... That dude's doing at a Barnegat Bay. That's what I'm saying. Yo, it's like... Yeah. He don't need safety. Very Yo. frustrating. 
No. I mean, he's also probably 15 years younger than you. That's a natural athlete, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's I mean, that's, you know. Yo, uh, the, one of the wildest things in the world was seeing him. And Duke can play piano like nobody knows. Um, we saw. Yeah, well, and okay, so he, when Blind Just, Justice did their live on Axtergrind set, there was a, a piano in the studio. And I'm like, yo, figure out one of your songs. He's like, oh, okay, hold on. Uh, and he just starts playing it. Starts playing one of their one of the Blind Justice songs on the piano. Like whips it out. It's wild. He's one of those. He's one of those. All right, so we need to see more. All right, I think that's true. I think I think that's and that's the other side is um Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. The amount of conversation we see out on Hardcore, um, let's see that at shows. That's cool. I'm with it. I think that's important. I'd like to see... You know where I think needs to see? I, I regionally am calling out Boston. I need to see more from Boston. Um, I like some of the bands. I like Pummel. I like Peace Test. You know, Rhode Island, Boston, you know. Um, I, have not seen pu- I have not seen Pummel live. Pummel's friends suggest Pummel for everything. Pummel has, like, a lot of support because uh, every time... I'm like, oh, Drug Church doing a tour. I get multiple messages saying, yo, you got to fucking take Pummel out. They're like the good hardcore band. Uh, I don't know if they're a good fit for Drug Church. No, they're a good they're- band. I just, so I think, and there's a there's a handful, but it's been, yo, has it been a decade for Boston hardcore? You know what I mean? Like, has it At been least. 10 years since there's been a lot going on? And they have like relatively stable venues. Well, they they're always going in and out. And Massachusetts actually eh. is rough with the like um, live shows. There's like barrier requirements, et cetera, et cetera. But they do have hardcore stadium. They got some stuff. They got a couple DIY right. spots. They got the Middle East, right? Like Middle East comes in goes, but I think it's here right now. You know, and that's a smaller spot, right? Like there's two. Yeah, there's a yeah. It's like yeah, you like two hundred cab, two fifty, something like that. I mean, there's nothing in New York City. I know. Yo, do you think New York needs to step up? I, well, you know what? Fuck yeah. Before COVID, Gold Sounds was doing good shows. Yes. And it was a good start, sign. Start, starting to really get a thing. Yep. Had, had a little energy where it was like, oh, not only is this an energy, but this is like a scene. Like this is, and there were b- bands who were kind of playing there on the regular. You would start to see the like, oh, all the people are showing up to this spot. Uh, I think I went to one, maybe, I think I went to two shows there and they were both like, pretty fucking cool um shout out to core clientele shout out to core clientele i, I yeah i mean that's a, but that's brooklyn i feel like brooklyn's got everything yeah but there's i mean like oh i was talking about manhattan no, venues the other night there's nothing there's nothing, nothing. i just don't i think like of right like now. a hardcore like a regular hardcore band could play no like that's nothing. nuts nothing like that's is that is this the first time in the history of new york hardcore that's not been even ABC's gone for the time being. And ABC's gone. And I mean, yo, it's still a vacant lot. So it's going to be gone for a while. They haven't even started building no, again? No, man. I posted a picture of myself in front of the lot. It is uh, green walled. Green wall, you know, the, the yeah. green wall. And then you look through and it's just an empty lot. It's the, the, Yeah, I, I don't say that. I don't say this as somebody that wants this. I, I, I don't I don't know about the future of ABC. I mean, uh, they got like millions of dollars to rebuild. Them. I think I if it if we see a new ABC new Rio before 2025, I'd be shocked. Wow. Yeah. Um, yo, when is the last time 
Okay, this is a good question for both of you. I have to think about it hard. When's the last time you went to a, sh- a hardcore show with current bands in Manhattan? Fuck. Probably Webster Hall in the 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 either the Marlin room or the other room. Okay, do you remember it? Because that was that smaller room. Okay, yeah. Like I went I to know. a run for Four cover showcase. Like I don't know, was it five years ago, six years ago, something like that? Not, I'm not going to count that. Um, like Santos, and how long has it been closed? How long has Santos Party House or whatever it is been closed? No, wait, t- t- Tom. Which one of those has a basement? Um, Santos has the basement. No, uh, sorry. Uh, there's Irving, and then there's Webster. Webster Web- Hall has the main, the grand ballroom, which is like you. You probably played there. That's like sixteen hundred cap or something. Then there's the Marlin Room, which is like where we saw Code Orange for the, for the record release. And then and, is there? A then it's a basement. Basement. Okay. That's the studio at Webster Hall, which is probably. 350 it's a decent size room yeah so the studio i've seen a hardcore show there in the last yes, me too. five years for sure uh and but like current bands uh yeah 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 okay okay, a- okay. and and uh but yeah, I, mean, I saw like single mothers I mean, okay like okay sure 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 okay yeah like the last like bane shows around here oh like, that's right okay that makes sense. now i honestly don't I, I I have limited uh, what Tom what'd you say it was the Marlin room what 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 that's what the basement Marlin room is that middle room which is probably about six hundred cap no okay so the studio the the, the studio the would studio. be the studio would be a completely cool venue if I I don't know what the situation there is like if it costs so much money to just open Webster Hall at all you know but like I think that venue would be fucking lit for and yo am I wrong tell me if I'm wrong Brooklyn wrong. is not. Uh, like when when we say everybody lives in Brooklyn, so yeah, do a show in Brooklyn. But it's actually more difficult to get to shows in Brooklyn if you live in Brooklyn than it would be to get to Webster Hall. Confirmed, yes. like one hundred percent, right? Yeah, I mean, coming from like South Brooklyn to anywhere in like Bushwick, Williamsburg, impossible. Is- <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's literally you have to get true. to Webster Hall and then get on another. Yes. That's serious. Yo, you have to get the 14th I will Street say and this go too. Into, back into Brooklyn. I, I love Brooklyn, and I've, I've had a lot of fun going to shows there. But when shows moved primarily from Manhattan to Brooklyn, which happened, I mean, that's that's been a long time now. It became more of an issue to get into the city. Like getting over to Brooklyn, in, like I, the easiest way for me is to cut across Manhattan because I'd rather shoot myself in the face than drive across Staten Island. Sure. You know, like traffic there can be terrible. And then it's like, oh, cool. By the way, now you get to deal with the BQE. It's like a boss battle. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) you just battled Staten Island traffic. Now, welcome to the BQE. Like it sucks. (laughs) Um, Is that is that low key a part of why New York's got a hard time? Like in terms of hardcore, like. Well, if you'd like my I just called out Boston, I might as well call it New York, too. Yeah, I mean, I I think it also depends on who's running shows. That's true. If it's young and active people, that that makes a big difference. Well, that and they have their own biases. You know, so it's like I I only like this type of hardcore, so I'm only going to book this type of hardcore. And, you know, this band's cheesy because they're metalcore or this is, you know, I only book bands that would have played, you know, not dead yet. Yeah, listen. Right. That, so they're not booking fucking. That's right. And there's you know, these little po- New York's got a lot of pocket scenes too right now. Because there's enough room for everybody, mm-hmm. so no one works together. And there's there's a thing that we could talk about at great length is a, a small aesthetic choices that are deeply alienating. And 
for anybody that's like Patrick, stop being such a whiner about this. Look, it doesn't matter to me. I I'll go to fucking anything. I'll go to a basement show to, to whatever, but like there is a, a visual cues to the older guy, New York hardcore scene that are terrible (laughs) that no young person wants to, they, you couldn't get them interested in it. Right. So like, are you going to get a, are you going to get a 24 year old to a show in fucking Queens? If you have a flyer that gives them the impression that you are an out of touch, 44 year old man <laughs> absolutely not. no chance at, at, you guys acknowledge that this is a, a thing right like this it, like new york does this more than any place i've ever seen i don't know <laughs> if you like, even need to caveat it but yeah it's 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 fucking crazy to me bands that i have a great deal of respect for who just want to play shows and hey to, in everybody's defense here I'm very irritated when I'm when I announce a tour and I get fucking 20 DMs from people saying, "Why don't you play this venue? It's cooler." We've talked about this. It's yeah, very right. fucking annoying. I'm not from there. I don't know that. Correct. Right. But and the New York guys, careers, uh families, the a, a, a number of the workers. Iron workers. <laughs> yeah, they got to pay union dues, Tom. So so the, the the there's a lot that they can't like they just want to play a show. And if and if it's at a fucking bar and grill on the have, that has a space in the back, so be it. it. But I think that to get a twenty-four-year-old to that bar and grill, you have to make it at least a somewhat attractive proposition by not looking like you're stuck in nineteen ninety-two. But I think that's the problem. Here's my here's as a person who I I would hope kind of green goblins both mm. sides of the tracks. Mm, interesting. I'm on a glider. Okay. As an older person. All right. So there's older bands in New York mm-hmm. that the young folks won't throw a bone and have them on their shows. Yeah. There's older bands that play primarily with older bands because it's like that's who they like go drinking with on the weekends mm-hmm. that they can talk about Coney Island High about yep. with all that sort of stuff. So like it's almost like never the twain shall meet that like if if – you if you were just able to kind of be like, yeah, we're gonna get like a fucking Brooklyn band that has you know thirty eight year olds in it playing with the new hot you know twenty four year old member age member band, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it might there might be some kind of like, I mean, not telling like I'm talking about unity, but like I think to a point there is like there's I feel like there's no, there. like, yeah. Right, so like even like the bigger New York bands, they ask the same four bands to play with them every time. Always, yep. You know, and and I mean, if I were those bands, I wouldn't turn it down either. You know what I mean? But it's the same bands. Yep. So they're never asking the young bands. So then the young bands are like, "Fuck these older bands." Let's do because our own They scene. never give us a chance, right. Yep. right? And then like, I mean, the young band, like, you know, this fucking you know uh, restraining order played a place in like Ridgewood. Called the Windjammer. Yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like like tons of fucking. It was like packed out the door. Like so I'm weird. sick of it all. Probably wouldn't have drawn that many people in fucking Ridgewood. Yeah, yeah, that's so wild. And yo, like let's let's also give. I want to give a shout out to. Um, I don't know if you guys follow uh, or see it, but in effect, hardcore. Yes, yo, 
for a uh, institution, a zine that was going on in the nineties. Um, yep. you know, I think in fact, might even start in the late eighties, but yeah, it, it was. did. Yeah. Actually they have a really, the, one of the first couple in effect zines has a hilarious gorilla biscuits interview where they ask, they ask Walter and seven, they're like, so why do you write so many songs about hanging out? And he's like, <laughs> nah, that's not true. And then they highlight all the parts in their songs that mention hanging out. Shout out to Chris Wynn. <laughs> really funny. But, uh, but yo, in effect, hardcore does a banging job, like highlighting new hardcore of all different types. And like, that's cool energy. Like I see that and I'm like, yo, that's awesome. Like that actually and, shows. I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I mean, I, and and um, no, Echo does that too. Hundred percent. I give you know because I don't want to be shitty. No Echo, I feel like is like current new shit knows what's up. Also highlights old stuff. In effect, feels like old thing that's going the other way, right? Like oh. it's like these two sides. It's like yo, those are both doing it the right way. You know, like highlighting two cool things. One is something that's been around for a long time and is doing it and is showing like this. And no, no Echo is newer, but digs into the archives and does it like. Uh, as good as anyone. Shout out to both. Oh wait, did Tom? Did we lose Tom? I'm oh, back. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Woo! Okay. we're back. Yes. So yeah, no echo also kills it. But I think they do like a good job of being like, here's this band from 1989 that you probably don't remember. Absolutely. But here's all this new shit too. And there's also quite honestly, and I give them credit. They give shine to new shit that like the cool kids aren't necessarily giving shine to. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It, Which I think is very important. So that's like... Uh, None of us are cool. No, no. No. I mean, I don't know. There's some pretty cool people out here. Um, not not on this call, maybe, but, you know. Um, I mean, if we're not cool, then nobody's cool. Oh, sure. Okay. I'm with that then. Um, I mean, to me. <laughs> yo, we... Uh, but you know what I mean. No, like, I do. No, everybody's here for a reason, and it's a weird-ass We're all place. fucking dorks, and we're all fucking outcasts. I'm like, why are you outcasting people that are just as fucking weird as you are? Like, that's shitty. True. Um, yo, I think um, that's going to be my my call out is for the discoverers out there. There's a lot of explorers in hardcore. There's a lot of people who like to discover new music. Um, look outside your normal spectrum. I know for me, this is one of my personal goals because I end up with, you know, I don't end up in a rut. I end up with frequent things and then it's like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of really digging this stuff right now. You know what I mean? And then every so often I find something that's outside my field and I'm like, oh, damn. And it feels so fresh. And I just want that feeling more frequently. Um, so uh, if you consider yourself somebody who's always looking for new music, break out of some of your normal go-tos and give a shot. Like this year, I'm making it an effort to listen to new material by, by long-term bands. Because it's something that's hard for me to do. Yo, there's this, uh, Tom, you'll you'll care about this more than Patrick probably, but that new Descendants record that's actually old material, Ninth and Walnut. I totally biffed on that one. I still haven't listened to it, but it seems neither, like something really. I'm going to like. Like, have I, So that's going to be my uh, 2022 personal goal, is to give more of an ear to long-term stuff that, that just, for whatever reasons, I'm like, yo... I, I don't know, like new newer descendants I'm hit or miss on. It's none of it's bad. I don't think it's bad, but I don't I don't find myself going to it. But this record I feel like feels the promotion like of it was bad. 
How's, because yeah, please. the last record, that hypercaffeinate spasm, whatever the fuck, yep. had some bangers on there. But that was a new record. They were like, hey, check out these old songs we never used that then we sent to Milo for him to sing on. Right. Wouldn't you be like, oh, these are all like B-sides because they never made a record, so they must not be good. That's what I would assume. Right? Yep. That's how I looked at it. So, I mean, the, the singles, the first single sucked. <laughs> and I think the singles got better as they went on. Right. But, like, they're legit one of my favorite bands ever. And I'm just kind of like, eh. Uh, which is I, terrible. I will say sometimes you find, sometimes the B-side is shockingly good and the band doesn't know it. Uh, and that does happen. So I'm I'm still interested in B-sides. Oh, yeah. And, and stuff that was cut from records. Uh, I think, I, I mean, I, for me, I think one of the best Black Flag songs is the B-side of TV Party, I've Got to Run. It's fucking perfect. It's, it's to me, best, maybe the best Damaged Era song. Yeah, but the musical equivalent of being like, all right, so after Sincerely, we wrote, we recorded, we recorded six songs that we never did anything with, but Pat's going to sing on in 2023. You'd be like, what? Oh, that, I am excited about Evil End of a Year. That's what I'm calling well, the new end of year I, I, I think that's just marketing. There's a way to do this and just be like lost songs. Mm-hmm. We, we right, are, you don't have to play it up that Milo sang on him, sang on him, you know, in his basement in Delaware. No, like, you don't got to play that up, and you don't got to play up that like, hey, these were probably deemed not good at the time. <laughs> you just, right. I mean, because that, that's the first. That's your first assumption. Yo, you uh, just say lost session. Yo, uh, we've been joined by a guest. Can you hear us, guest? All right. Okay. So, uh, how are you feeling, Pat? I'm, uh, I'm good. I, 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 I can't, I can't really walk. That's, that's the thing. Mm. Uh, I, I uh, fully ruptured my Achilles tendon, which is different mm. from a tear. Apparently, yes, yes, it is. It's like it's like the, um, the worst thing. Yeah, that can happen. Fuck. <laughs> uh, so, what did they do? Did they take it out, or did they try to? fuse it i guess uh well i was supposed to i was uh i was supposed to go to have surgery on um last thursday two days before christmas and uh i i i made the mistake of of not mistake or whatever you want to call it but i they were like do you have any of these symptoms and i said ah you know i got i got a little stuffy nose but nothing major (laughs) (laughs) and they were like uh what did you just say and they put me in a corner and like uh, and then they were like, they, uh, long story short, they, they're like, yeah, you, we can't, we can't operate on you. You have to go get a test somewhere else, uh, and then report back. And I was like, what the hell? Aren't, aren't you the hospital? Like, why can't you test me here? And they're like, no, not going to happen. And then, so I got a, I went home and did a, uh, one of those take home tests and tested negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was super frustrating. But then I find out today probably like four hours before I go to get my PCR test so I can get surgery on this Thursday that apparently in Massachusetts, they've, they've completely uh, shelved non-essential surgeries. Whoa. Uh, so, so like, I don't know, like, like the thing is with Achilles tendon ruptures is that there's like a statistical in it, the difference between operation and non-operation is statistically insignificant. So I don't know if that means I'm like uh, non-essential, but like the my wow. or, orthopedic surgeon is like, yeah, you there's like a huge gap uh, in your uh, 
where your tendon should be. So I, I recommend surgery, but you should also be aware of the data. So I don't know what that means for me. I'll find out uh, in a couple of days. I, I, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know much about these things, but I know a lot of the athlete news on this and some opt to not repair and just go without it. Like they uh-huh. like don't have, um, you know, that, that tendon and it's, they eventually get good, but it's, you put so much more, um, I think, uh, uh, on your bones and your joints that eventually it just, you're, you're just fucked up. So, um, I would, I would do what you can to repair that sooner or later. Cause you're not yeah. in a state where you can even hobble about. Is that right? Not at all. I'm on a, I'm on a knee Rover is what it's called. Wow. <laughs> it's kind of a, kind of cool, but I, I uh, tr- <laughs> trust, trust records, uh, sent me some, uh, some cool gear. I haven't used a sticker probably in over a decade for anything, but, uh, I got a circle jerk sticker and a seven second sticker on my knee Rover. So wow. I feel pretty, feel pretty dope. <laughs> <laughs> um, yo, so, uh, I did tell Patrick that he has one upped in the, who's the best hardcore vocalist right now? Um, because he said when, when he would ask, lots of people would point at you, but now that you are hobbled, he, he, he thinks he's got it pretty easily. What do you have to say that? Do, we're going to see what it takes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to take you out. I saw, I, I do remember. So this happened at a show, uh, that we were playing. Fiddlehead was playing in Jacksonville. And I, I thought I saw like a, Jeff Galuli like looking mustachioed Pat, Patrick Kinlan in the corner as I was like yelling, why me? Um, this is such, this is such a lost Nancy Kerrigan reference. Yeah, it's really good. Such, uh, you can tell everyone's age on the call. We're like, that was it. Brian yeah, we're, Murray. We're all Brian Murray found Galuli his job. reference. Yeah. <laughs> um, yo, so you can't even work. Is that right? Or are you, are you roving on the scooter? I, um, the, the Monday, no, I, I went to the hospital. So we played on Saturday, yeah. uh, and flew home. <laughs> Fucking Florida when this happened. Yo, so legit, I saw the photos of you in a wheelchair, and I was like, "Yo, these dudes are too old to be playing wheelchair games at the like airport." I'm like, "You, you just fucking around with the? Come on, man!" I legit thought that. I'm like, "Come on, dudes." No, no, no. Too old for wheelchair games. <laughs> no, a lot of people thought like, "Oh, yeah, like." Cool Pat, like mocking the, di- mocking the disabled. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> oh, tell, tell me you didn't get that text. No, <laughs> that no, text. no, I, I did not. But I think a lot of people didn't know, like, the seriousness of it. <laughs> but, so do you remember the moment it happened? Oh, uh, vividly. Uh, I, it was, uh, I know what song and what part. It was the Fiddlehead song about Ryan Hudon. Oh, and love, uh, love letter to your best friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, I just, uh, I just like kind of skipped and then mm-hmm. boom. Uh, yeah, so you it, got me scared. You, you straight up absolutely a thousand percent should be scared. I, because, because you're more of an athlete, you're younger than I am and you're more of an athlete. So this is a problem because <laughs> I'm going to, my future is not looking bright, man. You know, I think here's my theory. So I, uh, I, yeah, I had a second child and I kind of lost my uh, exercise routine, like mm. pretty, like, but only when the school year started back up again. Mm. So like, I, I used to run all the time between shows and, uh, and I think what happened is like, I just went from running a whole lot to not. And then I also was wearing 
just regular casual vans that kind of hug your Achilles tendon. So the combination of that and just being in that demographic of where this happens, uh, it just made it extremely likely Um, because I just, if you do it, if you're like, that's the problem. We're like legitimately like weekend warriors and like in like the, who this happens to the language they use is weekend warriors have this happen to them in their thirties. So beer league softball players. Yeah. 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 And it's, Unless you're like playing all the time, I, th- I saw I, you're you're doing big tours though, Pat. So you're 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 kind of you're going to be used to it. Limber. Yeah, I, st- I stay busy enough. I guess well, this is help. this is why you've developed the uh, trampoline park. Obsession, yeah, so. so you missed this part. No, I, I I heard about it in your other podcast. It was okay. uh, <laughs> it was, was it Christmas Eve at a trampoline park by yourself? Is that yeah, it? Yeah, it, it's it's they uh, call that a very uh, Albany uh, Christmas right now. <laughs> It was either that or go to the Schenectady Casino. I wasn't. I, I was going wow. to go to one or the other. Um, <laughs> so, so it is. A, you know, we should do a Patreon uh, where we invite older fellas uh, who have thrown their backs out playing music to just to just kind of like go in on the subject. It's not for Maine because at that point, like it's just like depression talk. But like <laughs> I think I think we could round table it. For, uh, <laughs> for, but because uh, the worst I've ever done is, I I threw my back out so badly that I I literally couldn't get off the ground and uh-huh. I I had to lay there for hours, and uh, the rest of the show was really boring. Yeah, after really the boring. set, you just laid there. Well, but here's my question. Uh, th- let's not answer this on this podcast. But I'm fascinated because I went to an osteopath under under the. Uh, suggestion uh, of uh, Justice Tripp, uh, who said that the the osteopath uh, who uh, gave his neck a twirl advised him that he was going to uh, get a headache and then take a giant shit, and, <laughs> and, and, and it all came it all came to pass. And so he was like, "Yo, those dudes are for real." So I went to one, and uh, the guy literally pulled my neck or he pulled my head off my body, and. Here's the interesting part to me. I follow people who have dedicated their social media or their life or whatever to disproving chiropractician stuff as an idea. And, (laughs) and I don't know, like my only experience with chiropractic is a guy fixed me from unable to walk to being able to play a show that night. So, in my personal experience, it's a very real profession. But then there's people that are like, yo, this is pseudoscience. It's fake. Like, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. don't know I, what to believe. I, I have a friend in the scene who thinks like exactly what you just said. It's like it's a total, total scam. My brother-in-law is a chiropractor and he he's more or less kind of performed miracle, miracles on like myself and everyone around me. And in like a lasting way. So like, but you know, I, I just, I've, I've encountered people who like, like you just said, swear by this idea that this is a total pseudoscience that <laughs> is a scheme. I, I just, I saw the schooling that my brother-in-law went through. I'm like, I can't, I just can't you be a what? scheme. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to hit the lab with John Joseph 
and we're going to figure out what's real. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. J and J and P and K. Uh, yeah, got him. That's that's the new pharma pharma bros. Pat, we're we're talking hardcore as we we try to do. We've done it for a solid thirty percent of this episode. Um, we're talking about hardcore twenty twenty two and what we want, what we're excited about, and we were uh, discombobulated, so we don't have a ton of specific things. But then we were saying, well, what do we want vaguely? Um, so like, what do we want out of hardcore? What do, like Patrick said, more bands that uh, sound like Tim Singer should sing in them. Tom said he wanted to see more out of the live performances. Just bring it more, which we all kind of co-signed on. Um, mm-hmm. I specifically called out and said that I want to see more from Boston hardcore because a couple good bands. There are a couple venues, but like it's 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 been a while, and it's time for a little bit of a resurgence. Uh, uh, and what what do you want out of hardcore twenty twenty two? Man, that's a. At a hardcore twenty twenty two, I think I want. Um, I think I want more like, like history oriented lyrics. Is that <laughs> okay? Weird I, specific. I, I don't know. I, I like. I like. It's just so much. I teach history, so it's just always on the fucking brain. But like, it sounds like. So you want you want the Zoli ignite reunion like, Buddha nineteen ninety four. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, you know, like not not in that not in the cheesy realm, but like I think. <laughs> no, you want I, you know what? I, like, I, let me take this and see if I can put it to where you want. I gave credit to 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 uh, Patrick Kinlan um, and said that his lyrical style, where he goes for some atypical content, works really well. I thought one of the strengths of your last fiddlehead lp was that you really pushed into some different directions lyrically that i thought were fun and cool and also felt a little bit out of your your um milieu and that you'd like to see something like that is that correct yeah yeah i mean uh, like like you know uh, pat you were talking about uh what's it, lysenko on the one of the new drug church singles uh, probably the only person. Probably the only person who enjoyed that reference. Yeah, yeah, but like, I think that that's cool, uh, and not not because you're trying to be obscure, but because there's like, you know, there's somebody out there who's like, who the fuck is Lysenko? And then they 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 check it out, and then like, oh, that that's fucking crazy. And maybe that's only just a couple people. But if the question is like more and more, like, what do you want to see like it more of in 2022? I'd like to see. Yes people like taking shit from the past and cause we're, we're in like a, a very intensified historical moment right now in the world, I think. And I just think it's like a great opportunity to look to the past and, you know, just draw parallels some connections and, and really even eat forever. Like who cares how obscure it is, you know, just, just pushing in there and not in some like overly politicized way, but just sort of observationist and, yeah, uh, I always liked the the good dystopian feel that tragedy brought to the table. Mm, um, yeah. But and there's just so much in history to work with here, and I just think that like the last year and a half, two years could it, like it would I would be weird if people were not looking to the past to try and like uh, you know uh, like make sense of the the current moment right now. So I think I just want to see like more connections to the past, like. But the problem is, is like, I don't know if like you can, that's always been something sort of oddly associated with like the more punk community as opposed to the hardcore community. Mm. 
I remember like Suicide File had, you know, had itself some good historical references, but like I'd, I'd like to see more of that in, in, in hardcore. hardcore, like, like youth crew bands. Like that's why I love 97A so much is that they had a, like a political vibe to them, but they were like, looked like they had like a youth crew aesthetic. It was really off-putting. To most for sure. Um, yo, uh, question for you um, with regard to that. Do you think, like, can you think of examples of bands who've done that and it's failed? Because when I think of it, like, like faster, like youth crew style hardcore, when it when it dwells too far into, I don't know, smart. Like, like, do we do we? Let's make this a, a referendum on youth crew lyrics. Are there any youth group style bands that did smart lyrics right? That's a good question. I thought Ray's lyrics were always pretty smart, but like, well, I, like, do you mean like? Great, and I think, I think, but not very like historical oriented. Uh, no, I mean, right he, uh, before I get the news, I want the news on me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He he was very introspective, and he he kind of paints it out more, and and he has his issues. Obviously, he has his topics that he'll go deep on. And he'll get referential, but but like in Youth of Today, he wasn't really doing that much. PK and Tom, do you think Youth Crew lyrics have ever been done smart and well? Oh, did we lose them both? Did they both die? No. You didn't, you didn't lose me, <laughs> Tom. Wikipedia. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I just realized that I had been monopolizing, so I was going to let you go in on this. I'm My answer is quick. Uh, I think that you need a brain injury to do youth crew correctly. So I, I don't, <laughs> I can't pretend to understand it. It's like, it's, it's for fellas who, who, uh, it's for fellas who took one in the head. They fell off a ladder. I don't get it. But, but like, but, but, but let's like, stop. Let's stop. Let's stop. You have a pretty solid appreciation for Capo's lyrical uh, qualities in Shelter. Yep. And how about Rob Fish in 108? Uh, oh yeah, sure. Right, two two youth crew all stars. Yeah, but it, you think let me they say got this. un unhead injured. It, let me say that. Yeah, yeah, because both of them, uh, Rob Fish was doing a, a pure self examination at one point, and Capo does. Capo's a brilliant lyricist, but I don't think it, it manifested until Shelter because by Shelter, he was looking back at himself, and it, it's a fascinating thing, like. The most fascinating thing about Ray Capo, and I can say this because I don't know the man, uh, and, and he, 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 I'm not going to run into him, although maybe in Albany. Uh, here's the thing. He is often examining the fact that he is a malignant narcissist, and he only half understands what that is. And it's so I, – I think he's a great lyricist, but it's because it's a guy who's at war with his nature, and his nature is egoism. And his nature is, I'm oh, that, a natural, well I'm, I'm a natural leader. People want to look to me. I love that role when I, when I'm unchecked, and by becoming involved in Krishna, I've I've tried to kill that ego, but it's who I am. Well, you're talking about the this, the lyrics to the Youth of Today song, "Disengage." So. Okay, fine. The la- the very last thing he wrote in the band before he, <laughs> before he decided to do something worthwhile. Yes. So it, it, the but the point is that uh, he becomes a brilliant lyricist, but I don't see it in, in Youth of Today. I I personally uh, don't think that 
I think youth crew requires a type of writing that, and this is obviously when I said head injury, I'm being dismissive, but this is to say it requires a type of simplicity that is actually challenging and you have to be given to that. I don't I think, think that's, I think that's a, a kind and smart way to do it is the simplicity of it can be brilliant. Yeah. But, but I don't think, I don't think, you I know, like, do it. like, yo, Pat, you, you reference suicide file. And I think that's a great reference in terms of like a band who, though sonically calling them a punk band might be more apropos than just strictly hardcore. They certainly were by aesthetic and placement, strictly hardcore. Uh, Dave Weinberg's lyrics were very topical, mm-hmm. referential, and of the time. And you can look back now and think about it and go, wow, okay, there's a there's something to be said about writing about sort of a, a the moment um, that in the moment I, I didn't totally always appreciate as more like, okay, cool. This is a cool song. But like now you can look back and go, oh, yeah, that's right. Fox News was a thing in 2003, right? Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> So, so, well, I think I don't think I can't think of any examples like that in the more youth crew sphere. Well, I think like I'm trying to like catch myself here, like in terms of like what I'm even looking for. And I don't even think it's really even maybe people can hit me up and (laughs) inform me on my uh, uh, on my blind spot spots here. But like, you know, when I think of like bands like MDC in the early 80s, they were they were singing about their own time. Uh, right, yeah. like, and you know, it, it feels like they're talking about history as we listen to it in the 21st century, but like, I, I don't know. I, I just, I really don't think, I, I don't think there's just been too many like bands just focusing on just like the historical past and as opposed to like writing about like the current moment, I, I'm, I'm kind of sick of the current moment. I'm more interested in what the past has to say about how to navigate the, the the present moment. Well, that's where I think you're you're making the right connection, right? Is that if you're only like, I think it's hard to find a single person who's coming to a, a banging music band for a strict history lesson. However, to find kind of rhythms through looking backwards to to kind of digest today. That's a little different, right? That that actually feels tactile and vibrant and interesting because the other side was I was going to say I think isn't there like like all right I I I think we all know fellas from this band and and uh, feel warmly towards them but um, okay here we go um, Defeater wrote a concept hmm. record that uh, to quote the Wikipedia depicts the story of a young man born at the end of the Second World War to a struggling family living on the Jersey Shores. Um, so so that's all fine and well. Personally, that feels more like an art project. And, you know, but yeah. fellas smart. This dude had some commentary and was trying to put it through in that. And I don't think that's what you're saying either. No, no, I, 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 I have a, a, a big take on that. No, I don't want to get us into a, a, a huge, uh, you know, hole here, but like, I, I see that and I, I, I respect Derek's take on that. That's a, uh, like, I'm I'm interested in themes, not necessarily concepts. Yeah, and that like I think songs should have concepts, but records should have themes. Uh, a concept like is 
like for me, it's just something that should be embedded within a song. And then out of a collection of different concepts can emerge a theme. And I just like, I, I, I'm more interested in like the idea of like stringing a bunch of things that seem disconnected through songs as like individual concepts that kind of, you know, put forth out, put out there like a theme. I don't know if that sounds like super like, like, like pseudo intellectual or anything like that. But like, I just wasn't super into like the concept. I remember like the downward spiral was a concept record of a guy who like was doing heroin and then he eventually kills someone. I just never really, never really liked that. Uh, it wasn't totally like my cup of tea, so to speak. Sure. Sure. But like, you know, for sure there's just like a reference to history, but I don't know, like, again, this is just like being a history teacher's like impulse, but like, I, I just, you know, like it'd be cool to, for like a band to just, it would be interesting for like, a, I don't know if it's possible or even sensible, but for like a youth crew sounding band to take a moment in history and kind of, or like an issue in history and make that the, the focus of their, the, like their lyrical focus. Uh, like, and it doesn't have to be like this triumphant thing about, Take uh, there's a book called Ordinary Men, uh, which is about like the, this murder squad in, during the course of the Holocaust. And I'd be really interested to see what like a youth crew band does with like that story. And they don't have to be like directly referencing like Battalion 101, but like it could be like I don't know. It could be just based on the themes like brought on by this idea of like of murder squads. <laughs> I don't know. I- Am I talking out of my ass here? I just that's no, something it's, interesting. It's what you want. You just want um we get you. You want uh history teacher hardcore. We got you. <laughs> All right. Um we're gonna get to some quick hit hardcore questions. I'm getting some rapid fire questions together here. Um what does this all mean? Your your uh roving your your what do we call it? Your your scooter, what is it called? Knee rover. Knee rover um for the future of Fiddlehead. Uh I think I think uh, I might might cancel a show, like coming up. Okay, I don't know. We're that there's a one, but other than that, um, doctor said to you know be concerned about blood clotting on flights. But um, Jesus, you know, I think I think I'll be all right. Take some baby aspirin; should be mm. good for the flight. Yeah. So uh, I'm having uh, our booking agent, Drug Church's booking agent, contact you because I'm trying to do the monsters of uh, adjacent tour yeah uh, which would be yeah we talked about this drug church fiddlehead uh uh angel dust and uh it's technically an undercard but only slightly military gun Ooh, uh, nice. and so uh, i'm trying to put that together for some time in like you know probably late summer fall whatever but the uh uh so so uh stay stay viable for a little, for a little bit longer yeah, I'm I'm totally down for that. That'd be a great time. Um, I think I think like four shows that would just consolidate all of our audiences uh, into like a, a big shows for just that amount of time uh, oh, yeah. would be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, that show wise, I don't think too much is going to change. We have, okay. we have a we have like a UK thing in February. I should be. I'm just going to be standing. I played a show with a podium. Uh, yeah, that was very that was very um, Marilyn Manson of you. Oh, oh, thanks. <laughs> it's, 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 it's the compliment you've been waiting for your whole life, right? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, it was more out of protection. It was actually my father's podium, so I felt pretty, oh, uh, cool. you know, felt good in the, in, at the show, and uh, it, it legitimately did um, kind of protect my foot. Um, and so, yeah, show wise, I don't think much is going to change. We're we're going to slow down uh, and get back to the writing. We have like a mm. we have like a whole LP's worth of stuff. We kept writing during the pandemic and just didn't stop. And uh, we're looking forward to just keep writing and. That's it. I don't think anything's going to change. I'm just maybe show wise, I'm not going to be like. Um, oh, you Mr. played that Wild. show. Did you did you ask people to kind of uh, give you a little space or what? With the one with the podium, yeah, yeah. I I, I gave people the lowdown and uh, please don't jump on me. Yeah, I just said stay the fuck away from me. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, all right, I, I have a few questions coming in from uh, from my texts. Uh, would you guys like to answer some? Some quick hitting hardcore questions. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Uh, Knox Colby from Enforced asks Will Turnstile be the first hardcore band to play the White House? Mm. <laughs> uh, better odds than anybody else, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I could see that happening. Yo, what do you think of the, the new Turnstile record, Mr. Flynn? I think it's a good time. I think it's a real good time. I, uh, I think it's you, the record they've been trying to, they, they, they've been writing the whole time Agreed. they they kind of figured it out do uh, you is it um you you have a notorious rating system uh very good great classic very very good so, like so i'm like a, a little like i i i've been known to be like a a dick about like what what is called great yes uh, like i this like there's like two records out there that I would just like consider to be great. Uh, uh, but that, that's not a, it's not a, like I've, I, I will say on record, I've never thought that anything that I've ever done was great. Um, so, but I think, but this is born out of Kei Yasui's like, um, like personal position of like how to write music that you should strive for greatness. And if you come up with a part, his, his saying was, if it ain't great, it's bad. Um, which isn't true, you know, things can still be good, but his thinking was like, we should make parts and make the songs as great as we possibly can and not allow ourselves to be settled for, for goodness. Uh, I, it's definitely a classic record. I, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll put it there. Like of the sure. time. Okay. That, that works. Oh yeah. And the, 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 the live experience that, the, that they're bringing to, like, to the people, which to me, is 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 really like the apex of what hardcore is about and uh i don't know i saw a clip of them at their record release oh yeah the, sh- the show was ending and like there's like this very organic like the whole crowd is the show's over and the crowd is like still singing the end of the tlc song and i was like oh this is like what this whole subculture is all about i think they just nailed it perfectly um Yes, well said. Uh, let's see. Wait, what was the question I asked? Oh, oh, turns out, uh, play the White House, right? Yes. Uh, get on that, Joe Biden. He needs he needs some help in the ratings, so um, that'll help his demo. All right, let's see this. Um, uh, can you name? I referenced uh, hardcore bands that skinheads like. Um, can you guys name some more hardcore bands that skinheads like? Blood for blood. Blood for blood. Okay. Yep. Judge. Yep. Yeah. Good one. Restraining order. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Shout out to Intimidation. Sheer Terror. Sheer Terror. Ooh, oh, that's like, the, sure that's like the one, right? 
This uh, negative approach count? Yep, like that's, that's the one I referenced. Murphy's Law. They, the, Murphy's yeah, Law, for sure. Um, agnostic Front, uh, the, the, you know. Yep. Um, Sick of it all. Yep. Yep. Turnstile. Turnstile, <laughs> sure. Slapshot. Slapshot's the classic. Slapshot, yep. yes. Hardcore, hardcore bands and skinheads like that's such a fun one. Um, I'm trying to think if there's others that I can think like it's got to be classic, it's got to be burly. Um, I've always wondered what skinheads uh thought of the no reason why lyrics. Yeah, shit sucks. Come on, well, I mean, like, like that's what you, they said. You, why you no, beat up no, on a on, on a poser no, on a poser skin? Like, so were they kind of like, hey, wait a minute, like no, the real skins are cool. Yeah, <laughs> you get what I'm saying there. Like, no, I, I've always thought maybe like it's like, you know, there's a Pierce up here in Boston. I've always meant to hit him up. And be like, how do you feel about those lyrics? Like, yeah, what is, what is Vanity's stance on uh, on like what is what is the um, official Boston Oi stance on on uh, on Poser Skins? Like, do we beat up on them or no? Oh man, po- Poser. Poser skins was like a real problem growing up in in, in New Bedford. It, it was like a what a, a lot of a, halfway ducky boy fans or what? It was like th- kind of sort of th- like the like Oi was kind of thriving it when I first started going to shows in like '99 and yep oh it was yeah just it like, was. I just remember being like pretty sure I saw that kid wearing like 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 you know talking about how he went to like Woodward skate camp over the summer and then Shout he's like Woodward. and then he's like That's got his bomber jacket and his like oi polloi pin or something like that and it's it's uh i mean it's just a phenomenon so so <laughs> the oi thing was a big deal in the late 90s tom you can speak to this too um sure it was big street punk was big whole scene yep. there was the recent internet meme about like colors of laces but like I got to admit, I was a bit triggered because I remember that was something I consciously had to be like, wait, does that matter? You know? Yeah. Back then it did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was yeah. weird. Um, Fury of Five definitely went around a warp tour in the late 90s in Asbury Park looking at skinheads laces and beating up the poser skins. Um, so, you know. Yeah. I remember encountering some, you know, like. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Real, like, like, hardcore skin, like, skinheads, and... There was this one, I forget his name was Keith. He came to like a cookout somewhere in New Bedford and he had just gotten out of prison. And man, he was every every detail of this. He was fucking scary. He went up to like my girlfriend at the time, was just like totally hitting on her. And I I remember just being like, this is very different from that kid who I went to Woodward Skate Camp. (laughs) Yeah, this is Virgin Pat versus Chad the Skinhead. (laughs) Yeah. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, that's a pretty good list of skinhead hardcore. Uh, more recent ones. That's that's a restraining order is a really good pick. Um, I have some more more good questions coming in. Um, statement, not a question, but does drug church sound like Everclear? Because the person said drug church sounds like Everclear, and it's not a bad thing. Oh, <laughs> I, 
I, I mean, Pat, Pat always reminded me of Art Alexakis. So yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> I, just a poor white kid in a black neighborhood. I mean, he wrote that lyric. I think. <laughs> I, I have a like a pretty hot take on Everclear. Let's hear it. Okay. Let's go. Fucking rocks. I, I, th- I think their first three records are. Like legitimately good. First three. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know they were three. <laughs> All right. The, the best one. Okay. So the first one is like no two. Okay. The first one, it like it, it didn't sell. It was like a total flop. It was called like uh, something of noise. World, World of, of noise. noise. Yeah. Yeah. It, there's there's three like like really dope songs. And then the second record, I straight up think is right. I, it, I actually think is great. It's like yeah, one right. of the it's yeah, one of the two records that I think is great. <laughs> this is um, good late era. This is good post grunge to me. Like uh-huh. I think so too. Uh, the lyric, you know, the guy, the guy ended up writing a bunch of cheesy lyrics and stuff like that. But like he was coming from a pretty fucking dark place. The guy was like this like intense heroin addict who. You know, just like couldn't hold a marriage down, and like that just it makes for good lyrics sometimes. Mm. So like, I don't know, like I, it all comes out on Sparkle and Fade, and so much for the Afterglow. Straight up, like is like kind of like track after track after track. I think like if a band on Run for Cover now put that out, I think it would be like extremely like well celebrated. Yeah. Um, it's just it, it was just you know the, the Father of Mine song definitely pretty cheesy but um still nonetheless um i think that that's a total high high praise to drug church oh well thank you <laughs> all right pat killen if you had to guess how many people listen to everclear on yes basis? please our favorite game if i had to guess i would say Somewhere around two million three hundred ninety-six thousand nine hundred. All right, fuck off. You looked it up, you dick. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> yo, is yo, Patrick right? gets back you to Albany. All of a sudden, he's got digits. like good things, huh? Yeah. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I finally... Will you do Santa Monica on the next tour? Oh yeah. I want no, you to get that I, that the um, Art Alexakis, which I never knew his name before today. Thank you. Tom. Yeah, and the same. Um, you got to do that bleach where it's like. You clearly are too old to have your hair bleached, but you're still doing it. All right. Uh, oh, you mean? Right, and it interacts weird with your gray hair. You so mean it's like older this than weird, 19? Natural. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> uh, my girlfriend wants to give me highlights. She's like, I think you'd look good with highlights. Would you let me do that? And I said, you know what? I'm just an aging simp. Yes. Sure. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, two questions. This one's from my brain that I thought about today, um, today or yesterday, maybe. Would the J.J. Harley beef be cooler if Harley's name was Harley Harrison? So it was like John Joseph versus Harley Harrison. So we had J.J. versus like the alliteration would make yeah, it tougher. Would, be, would it be cooler or less cool if Harley's name was Harley Harrison? <laughs> it would sound like a Spider-Man fight. It wouldn't hurt. Sure. I think it'd be cool. I'm I'm just saying. I'd still be Team Harley. Um, to go into the real music question uh, submitted here. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Um, why is there almost no youth crew in the middle of the country? Huh. That's a good question. Uh, I, I, I had a. They, they faced actual adversity. <laughs> <laughs> well, there That's is. You just have to find it on the um, the uh, what's the the um, seven inch comp that Chain of Strengths on. Uh, sh- 
um, they did uh, the Five Years Down the Line song um, that has a Nebraska youth crew band on it. Fuck. There is a Nebraska youth yeah, crew like band. Yeah, like of the time, too. So um, Straight from the Heart, I believe it is. I'm doing this off the head. So, yeah. Um, there are, but there's not many. Um, is it is it like the, the, the do, domination of like um, – co- like country music does that like play a role like i don't like that's a good question why didn't youth crew catch on and they were just like this is where all the this is where all the corn fed like good looking like husky dudes go to is just country music not mm-hmm. not to stage dives i don't know um can so i had a little bit of interest in that scene yeah. huh. you know Oh. Can I can I add something real quick? Just uh, you know, uh, I, I w- it won't take up too much of your time, but I, it's on the Marley same exact yeah, topic. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I interviewed. I, I was interviewing that band Firewalker years ago, and I, like moments before I did the interview with them, I had just like learned that this kid named Jeremy, who grew up in the Bronx, uh, was a like. You know, it was a total youth crew head, but he was born and raised in the Bronx. He didn't move there from Connecticut or from like Cambridge or something lame. He he straight up like through and through grew up, you know, in the Bronx. And I asked him, I was like, do you know anybody else in the entire metropolis of New York that listens to youth crew? And he said, absolutely not. No, not at all. And I was like, like, who's also from, like, born and raised? And he said, absolutely not. I've never met a single other person. And I was just sort of thinking about, like, what does it mean for the genre of youth crew that not, like, a, a one kid in the entire metropolis? How many fucking people live in 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 New York in the five boroughs of New York? And he could not find one other person who listens to that. That like. That to me just sort of w- w- was fascinating and spoke like real uh, wonders about it. And I ended up – I was so like fascinated and kind of perplexed by it that I made that like the topic of the interview with Firewalker. <laughs> and uh, I don't I don't know how they, they – Poor form of uh, <laughs> No, well, I, I just thought it was – we were actually talking about class and stuff like that and it kind of was in there. But like – um, it was definitely a sure. That's a good I was like, point. I was like, what do you think of this, uh, and, and what it might say about like hardcore and, and youth crew hardcore. Anyway, uh, kind of on the same topic. So I would also put in that question, like, why hasn't youth crew caught on in like major metropolises? Yeah, I mean, you couldn't buy like champion sweatshirts at like the Myers or whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Running throughout Indianapolis. Well, no, right. Like, um, youth crew was big in Orange County, not LA, right? And it did pretty good in San Diego, but not, you know, it was, there was no LA, you know, youth crew had to be kind of twisted about for it to hit anything in Los Angeles. Um, Mm -hmm. Suburban phenom, and that makes it a very interesting question. Um, The New York City part of it's interesting because Tom's a good example. There's tons of people from New York who liked a lot of that stuff, like the Revelation era stuff, but it was never, you never were like, oh, let me form an identity around this, right? Like, it was never like, oh. None of the youth crew dudes are from New York. No, well, yeah, exactly right. Like, from the city, at least, from the borough. No, and and the dudes who are actually from the city who were, like, heavy involved were the ones who were fringy, right? Like, Richie, yeah, he he was in Youth of Fucking Today, but, like, 
you wouldn't go, yeah, you know, youth crew guys like Richie Birkenhead. It's like, no, 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 no. You know what I mean? No, not like that. Um, all right. Good question. I like that. That's a good, we're going to have to re- revisit that one. Um, let's see this. Um, here's a good one. Uh, what is the best pro booze or pro drug song? Hardcore song. Quest for herb, probably. Alcohol, gangrene. That that's what the uh, the question writer cited as the number one. So good job. Um, let me think. Quest for herbs, pretty good. Yeah, even if you don't believe in it, you still want to sing it. Absolutely. Oh, that's when you no, know. It's good. What there's some. Oh, there's like. Mm, I feel like there's a L.A. punk band song I'm not thinking of. You thinking like beer for breakfast? No, <laughs> fucking replacements. No. Um, all right, uh, we'll revisit this one on our pro drugs and alcohol episode. Um, We're all gonna take acid and do a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's now that Seven Seconds the Crew is on streaming? What's the most important hardcore record that's not on streaming? Not on streaming. <laughs> Walk together, rock together. True. <laughs> Shout out to that's Truth Records, right? Trust, trust Records, Trust Records. Man, I think there's a there's a sweet Jesus seven inch that Sam needs to put up there. There's a I got to get on him for. <laughs> need need them sense. Um, what about Straight Ahead? Yeah, Straight Ahead's a pretty good one. Like that to be on streaming. Mm. Oh, a correction. Uh, yeah. The the seven inch that Sam put out for Sweet Jesus is is streaming. <laughs> just, just so we all know. <laughs> oh, good. Sorry, I didn't I didn't get to my favorites quick enough there. All right, sorry. Um, let's see. There was something that I was thinking about not long ago that I I was not seeing on there. Mm. Is is committed for life streaming? I don't think so. No. So so the rest of the seven seconds catalog, we're answering. Um, uh, the battery catalog is not, and uh, we need to get um, the first battery LP, the proper one, before they Respect. did the uh, the weird kind of compilation record from a couple years ago that has a bunch of the songs but not the whole album. Yeah. Um, You're talking about until till the end. Till the end. I, was, I mean, the yeah. only battery album that matters to me. Um, are you a whatever it takes guy? I heard it first, and I got to say, there's some, there's some, there's some straight fire tracks on whatever it takes i stand by it but i i do think until the end is the superior record okay um i just checked better than a thousand value driven is on streaming so don't worry guys um it's a good one (laughs) i took that one off my shoulders thank you hey value driven actually fucking rocks it'll it'll pump you up all right all right (laughs) put that one in the back of your head while we're thinking guys um this one you guys can all answer but I'm looking at you, Tom. I'm looking at you, Patrick, mostly. Uh, why didn't Turmoil become the biggest band? Uh, I, honestly, I don't know how much they toured. I, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I think they're a little early. Yeah, they're probably early, but maybe not. What what year? Compare them to Dillinger Escape Plan. How many? What's the gap? Uh, uh, there's a lot of overlap for sure. There's a, dude. Someone. So, for example, Dillinger. Someone just tagged me in like a old, um, like a Syracuse show flyer from '97, mm-hmm. and it, "Kiss Goodbye" headlining "Indecision" right before them. Dillinger was three bands before us. Yeah, 
So like they didn't really hit till like ninety nine. Process of comes out in ninety nine. Okay, so there was plenty of fucking. What hold on? Hold what on. year was under the running board? I feel like Turmoil was like popular in like ninety five, ninety six. They started earlier. All right, how many oh, here man. without looking, Patrick? How many monthly listeners does uh, Dillinger's Escape Plan have? A uh, million point three. Okay, Tom, mm-hmm. how many would you guess? No way. I would say two fifty. Two hundred three. And uh, how many do you think Turmoil has? 4,000. Yeah, 8,000. 3,000. Oof. Okay. You know, I, I remember I saw Turmoil a few times. I think Havart played with them. Uh, they did some reunion shows in a time where you guys definitely could have played with them. Yeah, they played this as well. Possible. Yeah, oh, yeah. We, we, I think we definitely – I think we might have played with them in Canada. Um, mm. Something weird. But I remember being around when they were sort of around, and I remember just thinking, like, this is – this is too metal for hardcore, and apparently it was too hardcore for metal. That's was, was my my take. That makes sense. I, I think that probably is part of it. Um, they may be... I don't know what they're... They just didn't have that like weird... like One, I don't think they ever... Did they ever tour a ton? I don't think so. It, I could be wrong, but I don't think and so. And I don't... I never remember. They toured at a time where it was like the big four and then everybody right. else. Yes, yes, yes. They might have toured earlier and then as it, they kind of moved on to, to adulthood, did less. And I just think they never had that rampant, like, diehard base in the hometown. Like, it's not like people in and around Philly didn't like Turmoil. A lot of people really loved them. But they just kind of, like, they just didn't have a foothold the way that they pos- like looking back might people might think that they did at least to my experience you know yeah i mean i feel like if i mean they used to like headline like the truck which is a pretty decent sized venue but like oh yeah i feel like when people go like oh we're a 90s so- sounding band i think more often than not they sound like turmoil but they don't get the credit for it so this doesn't this doesn't necessarily meet oh no okay i, I they did do at least one us yeah, I know uh, they did at least one U.S. and they were supposed to do Europe. Um, I don't know if they ever ended up doing Europe, like back then when they. Were oh, like, they did Europe in like the mid aughts. Yeah, I knew that, but with like with Damnation and and MPB, they were. I believe they were supposed to do it in the late '90s because there was a box of Turmoil soccer jerseys living at uh, TDT for for <laughs> a decade that were supposed wow. to be for the European tour. So. Um, Yo, can we can we do a thing as a band, as a as a group? Not now, but let's really do '90s hardcore and see if it's worth a damn. Because I'm looking, I'm on uh, hardcore show flyers, nice. and I'm looking at some of these bills. Easy. And once you get out oh, wow. from the like the top tier, there's some fucking trash in this era. <laughs> um, be easy, all right? I, listen, you were top tier. You, you, you're in the clear on this one. So like once you one tier down and you're in the shit tier and I, I, I think it might be, <laughs> that wasn't a subliminal joke. That wasn't, uh, I'm like really curious to like, cause this is the era that I tend to think I know, you know what I mean? But I'm looking There's at some a lot of these, also rands, but I think that's, at, but you could look probably back on a flyer in 2010 and be like, what the fuck? Uh, sure. Yeah, okay. no doubt. Yeah, no, no, no question. All right, moving, moving, moving the bus forward. Uh, do looks actually matter in hardcore? Yes. 
like good looks or or aesthetics? No, like 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 you know the 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 cut of your jib, the look of your face. All the popular Toby bands McGuire, are good you know. Yeah, yeah all the popular bands are Andrew Garfield. The mid tiers are Toby Maguire. <laughs> But Tom Holland is coming down the right side. <laughs> I mean, is it, I always say I always say that Nirvana would not have been Nirvana if Ian Mackay. If Kurt Cobain looked like Ted. If they looked, yeah, forget. Let's not be extreme. If they looked like Ian Mackay, they wouldn't be Nirvana. You know what I mean? I mean, so if like, Dave Novoselic was the front man, but just had all Kurt's uh, talent, songwriting, and, and voice, and everything. They probably aren't as cool. If it's like, right. they'd be like, "Yo, who's the who's that hot dude over in the corner?" Yeah, who, what's up, Lurch? Yeah, um, I, th- I think I, I think it does, but to a lesser extent in other musical genres. Yeah, that's like I think I, that's fair truth. Yeah, it, it, but which is nice, but I, it sadly, I remember looking around in the early days, like in the early two thousands, and being like. Everyone here is so attractive and has nice black dyed black hair. And Boston was a different <laughs> thing, man. Yeah, well, yeah. you lived in hell. Yo, yeah, do I, feel, I, like, do you think Have Heart got more popular once you got better looking? <laughs> you know, it, I would love to see what my Accutane prescription when that started running out and when we started getting popular. <laughs> uh, like you, I mean, we you had do, really. You do think you look better with hair than you did with the shaved head, though, right? Oh, man, I don't know. I I love having a shaved head, but yeah, sure. I have, I, I look better with with hair. <laughs> Pat, yeah. My girl, my girl asked me. So you came up in conversation. My girl doesn't know what a have heart is, mm-hmm. but wait, she says to me, "Your friend Pat, did he always look like a professor? Did, uh. Was he a? Did he look like a kid at any point?" And I said, "You know what? In the entire time I've known him." He's looked vaguely like a professor. Oh no, that's not fair. I think, Mr. <laughs> Flynn, you you were a very young-looking man. Um, in every instance, in in every instance that I've <laughs> known you, until the last like four or five years, and still, yo, outside of a show in two thousand nine, women who were older than you, hmm. I caught him going, yo, that's Pat Flynn, and then being like, he's hot. You, yeah, I should have I should have given you that ego hot. stroke in 2009, <laughs> but it was like a damn this dude pulling from everywhere. That 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 that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna help me fall asleep tonight. Good, good. Uh, for sure. I, I was yeah. trying to balance out the thing. Pat, uh, Pat Patrick got upset because he got compared to Toby Maguire early, like old man Toby Maguire earlier, and I tried to make yeah spent Maguire. All right, um, Toby Maguire. All right, so we've we've determined looks do matter. Um, sorry, it sucks, that. and that that sucks. It's it does. Um, uh, this one's a multi-part, so just pay attention. Who created more? Did the Dead Kennedys create more atheists? Minor Threat create more straight edge kids? Youth of today create more vegetarians, or Earth Crisis create more vegans? Earth Crisis created more vegans. <sighs> Patrick Kinlan not showing any any non home team bias there. I mean, veganism was in existence without without Earth Crisis, mm-hmm. and 
started. Yeah, training. all right. It, it, on a technicality, yes, uh, absolutely true. Yes, it's a little more. Right. Yeah, it's a little more clear with minor threat, but I don't. I, I, I'm 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 very taken to the argument of Earth Crisis's role in in our highly ve- vegan vegan times. But it, right, it's just more clear with in the case of minor threat and straight edge. Right, right. But I mean, you think they're like, here's this zero alcohol beer. Thanks, Ian. Like, no one's like, <laughs> yeah. but if you can go and be like, I can get a fucking veggie burger anywhere. Do you go like, thanks, Carl? Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Thank Carl. Huh. We need to start that. I don't think Jell Biafra didn't you know, handful of people that he made atheist. You want to hear an interesting take? Uh, the kid Eric from the band Heart Attack Man, uh, very adjacent band, but, uh, but uh, a dude who knows a thing or two about hardcore, uh, good dude. Uh, he posted today because he's in the gym all the time and he really loves Earth Crisis. And he posted today that Earth Crisis is the one who opened him up to the idea of uh, of the uh, – I don't know how he would put it. But uh, it, it made him reconsider the Second Amendment in a positive light. <laughs> uh, it made him think about gun uh, rights in a, in, a, in a different way. And I think that that's – and, yo – that is baked into Earth Crisis for anybody that's like not an Earth Crisis fan. Uh, that is kind of a running theme from their mid period on, uh, and it's kind of interesting to think about that. That's the message that at least some small fraction of their listenership took away from it. I'm looking at my AK right now, just with a ne- ne- next to a <laughs> do I, do I next to a photo of Carl just like and do I in candlelight do I bring up the like the pro life uh thing too or do I leave that over in the dusty corner no i don't think that can i don't think that that convinced very many people no. okay well uh i i think there's an argument to be made for minor threat and earth crisis youth of today low key did push a lot of people to vegetarianism um sure but uh but did that get outside of hardcore don't know. I don't. I mean, no. And I mean, I'm. I'm trying. I'm trying to even just flat surface this and say in hardcore because I think veganism is pretty, yeah. pretty much like a very has an impact in hardcore. Yes, and you can directly go to Carl. And then I think when you go one step out, we maybe can't directly to Carl, but we can one step beyond and do that. So um, well, yeah, well, let's be realistic. Raganoff far more famous than Ray Capo. Yeah, no question. Uh, yeah, just not in the yoga community. He's not like a to me. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, no, it's true. Shout out to him. All right, um, let's do two more and then and call it. Uh, Tragedy famously played "This Is Hardcore" to see Judge. What other crust bands do we suspect are secret Judge fans? Okay, Code Thirteen. Uh, yeah, I think I, I, I'll confirm that probably. No kidding. Okay. Pretty yeah. sure Felix Havoc's a, a judge head. Yeah. Well, believe I, I would that's ass- his favorite I, of the Revelation stuff. I would assume that the Europeans are just judge fans, straight out. Like the fact that yeah. the fact that their crust bands do- is immaterial. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're just judge fans. Doesn't matter what kind of act they could all be doing drum and bass music. They're judge fans. <laughs> Fair. I mean, I think like. You got to imagine all those Memphis cross bands all grew up with like Raid. Yep, yep. So they probably were Judge fans. Um, who else are we thinking here? No, Man is a Bastard probably something. I'm mm. sure they're all they're all hardcore kids in a you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no, I deep down. Inside. I bet. Um, 
not crust, but I bet there's some judge fans in the power violence circles. Like I bet there's some judge fans. Like I bet at least like I think the dudes from Infest didn't really get down with much in the post nineteen eighty five core world, but I think they probably fuck with Judge hard enough. They got down, they're they're like kind of tight with uh, Chain of Strength at least, right? Yeah, well, same same area, sure. same region. Yeah. So they're down with those dudes. Um, all right, uh, let me close it with this one off my dome. Um, name one band or record from post 2000 that you think is completely overlooked right now oh um hold on uh let's, let know, me make sure i, I get my t- i don't think there's any way i could be wrong about this but hold on what are you checking on um also <laughs> uh in the streaming stuff the necros material i think really needs to be on there shout out to right. dave for hitting me with that dave ackerman thought of that um yeah, because a lot of them they'll have like these like janky like 1984 demos or whatever. Yeah, it's but the it's never shit. The... It's so weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're about to do uh, Mosh Madness of the 80s, and and that's going to be a fun um, fun game. Some of it is not on streaming. I uh, can't wait to listen to music on YouTube like a real millennial. <laughs> what do you got? I, I got uh, Stay Gold. I, I think that they they uh, the, the lyrics were out of this fucking world. Uh, the musicianship was great. They were like, I think they were a straight edge band, but they sounded nothing like your typical straight edge band. Uh, and then they just fucking broke up like within, within a year of their LP coming out. And then that was, yeah. that was it. And, and it, it was like, a, it was like a minute and it seemed like they actually were making waves and that was done. Yeah. And, and <laughs> so I was like, Oh fuck. Like, I, I remember uh, when did that come out? 2000, 2000, 2002, two, maybe? maybe three, something like that. Yeah, it, it was 2002. And then the seven inches came out like 2000 or 2001. But I remember I, I the, when the seven inches came out and I was like, Oh, this band is doing something kind of different and the straight edge. And then the LP came out and I was like, Whoa, this is like totally advanced stuff. Um, and I just thought that that was going to be the future of, hardcore and it totally was not <laughs> um but yeah i think nobody gives a shit about them which is i nobody think talks about them. people people still talked about them almost in like hushed tones for the next five to seven years like yeah, like no dudes who were who were, who were in late era of stay gold there was they were like yo we get asked about stay gold all the goddamn time <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah uh the lyrics are unbelievably awesome i, I really love that band uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think indecisions like went kaput. They don't do records anymore. And I think that that's like the killer of like so many. Uh, he's bands still doing in stuff, man. Yeah, it, mostly reissues. And no, he's putting yeah, out new stuff, man. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, look at you with your ass out. Well, um, you know, uh, he hit up some uh, New England, New England shit. You know, there yeah. was. What's right, the last stuff Bob, that has done with indecision? I, uh, school drugs. He just School did a record drugs. for the band School Drugs, kind of punk hardcore band from New Jersey. Okay, um, Bob, did you yeah. did you say overlooked or underrated? Uh, in uh, loose to interpretation, I can't remember. In the under in the underrated category, this one's going to sound wild to 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 at least three of us because we spent the first half of our 
podcasting career talking about them more than anybody in the world. Mm. But I think Bitter End is brutally Fuck underrated, underrated yeah. in 2021. Brutally. And as far as completely overlooked, I've said it a million times. I will say it again because this came out in 2002, so it makes the list. Uh, the Trial by Fire record, Ringing in the Dawn, is truly, truly fantastic record that is completely lost to time. And everybody should check that out if they haven't. What label was that on? Jade Tree. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never checked it out. Yeah. It's if if propaganda uh, to Yemen uh, to even some of the like uh, vocal exchange stuff that you get from like uh, some of the crust acts. Hmm. It is fucking. Great. I thought the very yeah. So, I thought their first record was really really good, and then. Did they do what did they they did something after that I wasn't feeling or they went on to another band that I just it just didn't hit me the same way. Uh they they went on to I don't know. I uh oh, fuck. I think the guitarist went on to something. Yeah. yeah. Tom, what do you got? It's trying it's kind of tough. Um for overlooked I'm going to say um Fairweather. Sorry. Oh, the loved ones. I like, the, actually, I like, I like the first records. loved ones record, and then the LP uh, lost me completely. But I really liked it. I like that LP. But I, I like the first EP my... so much. So EP is yeah. great. Um, I'm going to go Fairweather. If they move, kill them. Yeah, the records. That was a good time. I think it was awesome. It was on EVR and kind of like they were maybe too early to the party. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that, or I think a, band, a record that's that's um, underrated, and we've talked about this before. Uh, Last Great Sea by Burn. Oh, sure. It's their best record. Yeah, I it's love better it. than the first seven inch. I will die on that wow. hill. I love it. You think that's better than the seven inch? Yeah. Well, those three songs, man. Goddamn. I might, huh. I might have said this on this podcast if I, if I haven't. No, you here have, we you go. Have. Go for it. Somebody at, yeah, somebody at EVR confirmed that Fairweather suffered because back to the looks conversation, they didn't have the right look. So like. <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah. It, yeah I, mean, I mean, as a chubby bearded guy, this singer was a chubby bearded guy. Yeah, I, th- I think that there's, there, I think in cases like that, there's something to it. Because oh, there are bands out there that are good looking that could not carry a fucking tune if it had handles. Oh yeah, <laughs> that are like still. I mean, all right, I'll say it. I'm gonna have beef with Taking Back Sunday, but like, have you seen them? Dude could not pull off his record. Nine out of ten times, it's off key and unbelievably bad. But he's, he looks like a model, so that kind of helps. Bullshit. Why is everybody leaving me out here? By myself? No, no, because it's. I don't. I don't need that taking back. I don't need that taking back Sunday smoke. They're, they're too real for me. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm trying to get the drug church TBS. My oh, do you, you know <laughs> that he's he's angling. Um, that's always nice. Other than Weezer, fuck yeah. Weezer. But everyone else, he's like, ah, fuck whatever. Because he know? needs to get up uh, two levels to have those tours. He needs to get up that. <laughs> no, listen, level. I, 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 uh, I saw Taking Back Sunday because I, I would uh, sell merch for a friend's band that was way more in that scene. So I saw Taking Back Sunday when they were a very young act, and I have a a funny. This isn't to it clowns them in a way that like listeners would take too seriously, but you guys would enjoy. So I'll tell, I'll tell that, but it's not, it's not bad. It's just, you know how sometimes people take you out of context. Uh, Mm. but they, Tom's not wrong for at least the first five years of their career. He was a worse singer than I am. It was pretty bad. (laughs) 
he pulls it off on the record, but yeah, live it was just really yeah. And as they got bigger, it's fun in a tiny club when he can't sing and people going off, so it's cool. Yeah. But once you're like playing to two, three thousand people, and you're like, and like you know, <laughs> your voice is cracking like the Brady Bunch. It's not great. Um. Okay. So mine for <laughs> overrated or not overrated. Mine for underrated or overlooked. So overrated. Let's, let's fucking let's, wait. Let's no, underrated or overlooked. Um. I don't hear anyone talk about the band the first step and um i want to say this i don't it's not a band i reach to the records all that often but when i do i'm like damn they kicked ass on recording and live they just put on a show they always were good and i saw them play small shows and win people over uh they were always on point and and i think we've said it before we've tried to shine some love on mindset who again another band who i think they get more love than the first step right now but I still don't hear that many yeah. people talking about that band. The first step really different vibes. I think yeah. so too. I think they well different times and different things. But I think the first step really just had such a crazy live energy and um, and were doing what they were doing at a time when almost no one else was trying to do that. Um, and I yeah I, I did it well. I I I was literally just talking about them yesterday. I was listening to Minor Threat the Betray song because they used to cover Betray yes, right. Did. Yes. And I, I remember uh, this guy, Pat Whittle. I don't know if you ever course. knew him, Bob. Yeah. Of course. The um, whole family. Shout out to all of them. Yeah. Uh, he he sent me – he was friends with Steve and he knew I was booking shows in New Bedford. And so Pat said – told Steve to send me like 25 demos of the First Step uh, demo. Yeah. Uh, and so he sent them up and I booked them a show and – they came up and like I, I think I gave them like like four hundred dollars and they like they lost their shit. But when they played, I'm sure they did. Um, when they they covered when they played, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't think anyone would give a shit because I was kind of like like the dust had settled from the youth crew revival and I was like, oh yeah, you know, just like people like weren't, the, weren't excited about the new reinforce band. No, 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 not at all. Or reaching okay. forward. Okay. I, I remember. Okay. Yep. Uh, oh yeah, you're, you're going Steve's, uh, back catalog, but like youth crew was like dead to everyone. It seemed in 2000 and so like, or 2001, whenever that demo Mm -hmm. came out and I was all for it. And so I was super excited when they played, but, um, yeah, they were a total force live. just like ripped, totally ripped it up. The the LP is fantastic. But I also just think like, not just like, oh, they're great, but they had, they definitely had their own blend of of like youth crew hardcore it was not it's not youth of today it's not 10 yard fight it's not just instead it's i think they were taking some of the like oc straight edge hardcore like the oc some instead Mm -hmm. throwing a little little unity in there little unity and then a lot of looking at dc a lot like those dudes were like Patrick and Tom, but Patrick especially, you both appreciate it how much they like really picked apart the sound um, and really wanted to do something that was their own, but also was was in the spirit of and uh, you know yeah it, it's live. I was blown away, but blown away. By and that. I think that was kind of their deal. Even people who weren't really there for for everything that went along with the band or, or weren't really like oh four sided t shirt. All right, whatever. Um, when you saw the band, it was it was undeniable, and uh, I think that's oh, yes. one of the things. Steve could Steve could work them up. I uh, I was reading this uh, 
biography of Napoleon mm-hmm. and was talking about like the speeches he would give to like these like just like these French peasants getting them to just like run in front of like a thousand like like a thousand guns and, t- and cannons and that's like essentially like the like I imagine when I was reading that I, I could imagine like the great hardcore meant like just what the shit they would say between songs because I, I remember being 15 or 16 and be like, oh my God, that's absolutely right. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put my entire physical health on the line and jump off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> so, and Steve was like a master at that, but uh, he had the lyrics to back him up, which made it that much more compelling. All right, guys. Um, yo, uh, thank you for joining us, Mr. Mr. Flynn. Um, yes, thank you. Guys, yeah, thanks for having me. Have a good one. All right. Peace out.